precisely every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn. We are late as usual. We get later and later every week. We just like we just leave them guessing. How late will they be this week? Well, we've gone above and beyond the call of duty this week, and we started about forty something minutes late. Oh my god! It's okay. We may not even go the full three hours today. Who knows? We might not it's be able. Fifteen to. minutes late because Is we started three thirty. Oh yeah. Well, officially we started three. Unofficially <laughs> we started three thirty. Do we actually put it on three thirty now these days? I don't know. We I'll, do? Oh, I, well, I did, the, I did the event at 3.30 today. All right. So. All right. You guys totally gave up on me, basically. Because before, we just say three and then, like, make them hang. That's how you build tension. It's like a hip-hop show, bro. You're like, you, you say the show's at, like, nine, but the guy doesn't come on till midnight, and you're just so tired by the time they actually come on, you could give a fuck. You're like, all right, the show sucked, yeah. whatever, who gives? 45 minutes? Great. I don't even want them to play any longer, because that's all they can play. <laughs> Unlike us, we can go on for days. <clears throat> Speaking of going on for days, haven't seen this guy in a long time. I've got a friend of mine named Red here who uh, used to come to Amsterdam all the time with a, with a little posse and hang out with me and all the crazies over there. And it was like, uh, coincidentally, just happened to show up in town today. And like I said, you know what? You're coming on the show. Actually gave him about 10 minutes warning. So Surprise. everything we talk about will be fresh because we didn't even get a chance to hang out that much more than this. This is unscripted. <laughs> Imagine that. Adam Dunn show, unscripted. It's like the totally new idea. Normally, very scripted. Like I, everything is written down. Really organized. Um, Red's actually coming out of Indiana, which uh, if you know the background to the bubblegum story, how it gets all confusing and fragmented, well, we might be able to kind of get it clearer today. But, you know, as I've said many times, when we when I came out with the bubblegum in Amsterdam, it was without knowing at all, just knowing I got something that was really good. Um Great minds think alike in the cannabis world more than anything. So if you think of something, they're going to think of something. The timing was similar, and it created more confusion. So now you have the Indiana cut. You got my thing. You got other, you got other people claiming whatever. So we'll try to clarify a little of that today, and we'll also go over just you know some of the wacky times we had in Amsterdam. Also, in the studio, I believe, uh, she's supposed to be here, we had Annie Reekin, who, again, another Amsterdam. It's like, the last few shows have just literally been like old friends coming through, which is always fun. Uh, it's a good way to bring back some of those synapses. You're like, oh, I haven't thought of that since fucking whatever ago. Um, but Annie Reekin, who was also pretty much like, I think she was doing the cup around 95, which was right after we did it. She took over and actually legitified it way better and <laughs> way better than we did. Like ours is like, woo, we're partying. But it was, ours was good and small, but she actually brought it to the next level. So if she comes through, we'll talk about that. But she also uh, is famous for being so on point. She was like, it's like if somebody was trying right now to, you know, 
fucking blow the whistle on all the bullshit going on in the White House. Sort of similar. She blew the whistle on the whole high time shenanigans with Greenhouse over there and stuff, and it was uh, to her demise in the end. And so we can go over the, the high crimes and low times of Amsterdam with Annie Reek. And I, I keep trying to get her to write a book. I'm like, Annie, you've got to write a book because now it's okay. It's years ago. Right? Yeah. Why not? Um, and who else? I don't know. That's about it. I think that's all we got on the show, in the studio. If you guys want to call, and it is 720-310-8237. That's Tads at the end if you're into those letters <laughs> and you actually can follow that on your thing. Tads. Tads. Uh, give us a call and uh, make our show more entertaining than it is. That's, that's always a... That's, it's always up to you guys. I blame it all on the. I'm going to blame it all on the on the people listening to the show for not being entertaining enough if they don't call in. So uh, let's do the sponsors. Let's get that out of the way because you know how it goes. It just gets all sloppy doppy after a while, and we forget. And all of a sudden, we're so deep into the show that I want my sponsors to know that we are doing our job. Roll it out. We're paying the bills. Uh, and I, I think uh, these guys from New Millennium want to get them on the show real soon. I was just uh, talking with. Uh, their their boss actually we're gonna organize i have a real exciting show coming up uh probably in the next two weeks with uh guys from dying breed and we're gonna go over a little skittles history because that's you know one of those not that long ago and it's already getting turned into five different i told him the three different things that i had heard and he was like oh my god this is gonna be a good show so that's coming up soon uh and uh so let's get back to new millennium that's what i was Sort of segueing to <laughs> at that one point. <laughs> New Millennium Nutrients here, right here in Colorado. Um, super easy to use, but also great results. I'm on third year using it now with mom, mo- mother approved. That's always a good thing. That's like pretty much what the, the standard. That's the standard I work under. The, the mother approved part. Approved. Um, that Carbonara product they have, which is their carbo uh, based product, is awesome. Very heavy on the aminos and. Uh, doesn't doesn't just bulk them up as much as actually makes them happy to bulk up. Also, their uh, their uh, fulvic acid product, which is their ruby full, that is the shit right there. If you want to just use a, a one standalone product and be like, okay, I think I could fuck with this line, that'll be the product I would I would uh, check out. Uh, also, Winter Frost is a good one if you're going to come finish up your thing. Everybody's you know looking for that final that final push and that's a great product um you can go to newmillenniumnutrients.com if you want to check them out online they got a store finder and a calculator figure out how much you need save some money don't waste don't waste your time thinking you know it all just punch it in it's so slick tells you everything you're like oh that's it cool now i didn't just buy five gallons of something i'm only gonna need one Uh, and uh but if you just want to go straight to the point, you go to the guys from Incredibles, pick up some of the best edibles here in Colorado. Also available in Nevada, California now. It's moving on to Puerto Rico and also in Oregon now available officially. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but super high quality uh, here in Colorado, in-house, uh, all in-house uh, inputs, which makes the, you know, the difference, I'd say. And consistency is the key with their products, and they have a huge line. They just keep expanding every time they check them out online. They're like, oh, man, they got more? So now they've got more CBD products. They've got wellness products, bath soaks, you know, all sorts of – they've covered every – they've covered literally every base that you could cover, except for flour, right? They haven't – one day they'll have a yeah, – right. they'll have their own license. 
would be just incredible flowers. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be dope, right? After all this time. But no, that... They have taken it. Uh, look at suppositories, dude. We got it. Yeah. We literally have everything covered. You got it covered. <laughs> we got when every- you start rolling <laughs> yeah. the suppositories. Once you got suppositories on your agenda, you're like, okay, what do you need? And when they say suppositories, it's like, okay, you take care of it yourself. But <laughs> <laughs> but you can go to iloveincredibles.com, check out their store finder. Also, their uh, they don't really have a calculator how much you need, but I'd say <laughs> I'd say <laughs> just. Of. Go straight yeah, to the, the edibles one hundred and one that tells you about like milligram dosages. Oh, they do. Like okay, that. so good. It's actually a super tight website. They got a lot of good good information. So, go to iloveincredibles dot com to check that out, and uh, hopefully we'll get them on the show soon and get do get to try some of these new things. I, I did try their uh, cinnamon ones like last first Friday. Those were dope. The the cinnamons and the other ones. Yeah, those were super dope. So, next on our agenda, boom, Jeremy. A man who people are going to be contacting a lot in the near in the next month or two is going to be a busy boy. Uh, yeah, this is good, good stuff. Yeah, Jeremy over buildasoil dot com. He's killing it, uh, getting people hard to find items and uh, keeping everybody on the on the organic tip. And for beneficials, things like that, you can uh, bugs. You can go get them directly shipped from him, and he's. Got free freight inside of uh, Colorado. Is it New Mexico also too, or was it? I think it's just Colorado. Okay, Colorado uh, for I think over five hundred bucks, and you get free freight or something like that. Was it deal, or is it? Yeah, I think it was over five. Oh, New Mexico! I just saw that. That was Uh the first week I've seen that free freight. New Mexico, New Mexico for all purchases over five hundred dollars. Bam! There you go. I thought I saw. I was like looking, and I was like, wait a minute, New Mexico. Shit's getting crazy. Uh, that's a good good deal there because then that's when you can actually order soil and stuff. You'd be like, all right, I'll be taking a lot of soil. How's that? And he'll be like, God damn you and your free yeah. freight. Free freight. Yeah, you got to watch yeah. out. But, uh, like, again, beneficials, things like that, those are the guys to go to. Yeah. You can go to 855-877-SOIL or buildasoil.com and check them out. And we've got Mr. Ron Wallace. Okay, Ron, I know I said I'm going to get your logo on the thing. We're going to definitely get your logo on the thing, but we're going to hype it up right now. Uh, Mr. Ron Wallace is a world's record uh, pumpkin grower, and well, pretty much he's got record-like setting stuff on everything he touches. That's one of the things. This guy's one of those mycorrhizal fucking masters. So his mycorrhizal products are bar, bar none the best, and he... Literally told me you got to hype that up. I was like, I think I'm pretty sure that's what I'm doing every week. I'm saying mycorrhizals and the rhizosphere because that's that guy's specialty. He's got the root web dialed in so well, and it's crazy how many crossover things. Like they're they're just thinking about sprouting seeds. We're thinking about sprouting seeds. They're thinking about uh, hitting them up with their uh, phosphorus based you know flower food. We're doing the same thing, and it's yeah. like it's just like yeah. the timing's all about the same. And our finishing times are about the same, and it's like the stresses. Just our rewards are a little bit different. They're going for gigantic. We're necessarily going for gigantic. We're going for best quality possible. Yeah. That's the most important part. If you grow pumpkins like that, though. That's yeah. That's a pretty serious. Oh, it's just like it's it's literally beyond. I mean, obviously, you're not going for for flavor at this point, and you're not thinking about food production as much as you're just going for the gusto. Like that's it, going. And the thing is. Uh, the, the amount of weight they put on at the peak times is like, it's phenomenal. It's like 45 to 60 pounds yeah. in a day. You know, and you're just like, holy shit. Things just like, so yeah, we love it. It's fun. Actually, my friend uh, Cam, who hooked, hooked me up with him, is putting together 
like a kind of a, a new Instagram page for them just because like everybody's all like, like they're the opposite of, well, they take photos obviously, but they're like, they're not weed guys. So they're not like every day. And he's like, no, I'm putting together like the craziest collection of giant pumpkin things. Cause I'm sure, uh, it's kind of like when you look at the back of those packs back in the day, you'd be like, what? That, same with that sonic bloom same deal when you saw the photos of the stuff you're like whoa wait, that doesn't even make sense i like it when it's like science fiction that's always a good <laughs> it's a good vibe uh, yeah looking at his website you can see that well his pumpkin or his uh, tomatoes 10 pounders he's got 10 pound tomatoes wow so. <laughs> <laughs> that pumpkin for real uh, you know I, every year, um, yeah, it's over two thousand pounds. Of I, I, my little daughter does it a pumpkin contest, and it's about weight, not oh, size, can, right? So I'll, I'll we're, we're hitting up. I'll get you some seeds of his. His, his are the we're shit. Gonna, we're gonna hit it up this year. We lost by I think it was one pound. And how big were you? Eight hundred um, pounds, six hundred pounds. Well, they weren't even that. They were like a hundred pounds. Oh wow! I'll you get know, you the seeds. So, from, he's he's. I've got a few seeds from him, and I've got a few other seeds that actually I showed. The pumpkin guys, and they were like, "Where did you get those?" Yeah, we're so gonna, like, oh, yeah, we're not gonna lose next year. <laughs> I got, I got some connections. We got connections. We're gonna get some giant pumpkins and some of that product. And he told me it gets up to five hundred bucks a seed sometimes. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Damn!" But you know, like one guy. Like that's the problem. It's not like lines up. <laughs> no, no. So uh, go to go to wallacewow.com. There we go. You see, I can never remember that. It's just too much. Wallacewow.com is too Wallace much. Wow. It's too much. Too many W's. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. wow Wallace? Wow. Yeah. Is it wow? Wallacewow.com. Hey, see, he got it. Red so got, got it. it. Boom. Uh, You're hired. He's hired. <laughs> Get you some of that. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I think with Ron, it was ADS420, was this, or I think that was the code you want to use. I think so. I forgot to write it down. <sighs> But I'm sure it'll work. If he sees that, he'll be like, ah, it's close enough. <laughs> Typical stoners. Can't even get their codes right. Speaking of which, I think that might even be the code for this thing, and I keep forgetting, which was, was it ADS420 for him too? Same code? I don't know. Uh, is it? Yes? Yeah. Yeah, we're calling it that. Go to seedsherenow.com for all your genetic uh, inquiries because he's got all the top top American growers and a few, uh, he's getting a couple of borderline uh, international guys going on too. I think he's got karma genetics on the, on the roster. Um, but I'll go to their site, check out the specials. Also go to seedsaholics.com, which is their auction site. And that's uh, charities, last packs, lost packs, all sorts of interesting deals. And, uh, you know, again, this is that time of year. Everybody's starting to gear up. So. Get online, check out their stuff, uh, and also money-back guarantee on all the seeds. Uh, uh, replacement, I guess you should call it, because they, they want you to keep growing. They don't want you just to give up. Don't give up. Just get new seeds, because yeah. what's the problem with that? You know, it's like that's, that's one of those things when, when, uh, when you have a problem with the seed, and that ever since I've been selling seeds, it's always been a deal with, like, you're selling actually, like, living material, yeah. so you know it can go wrong. I mean... It's like goldfish, you know? <laughs> Come home from the show, you leave well, it tied up. Dead. Hey, why is my goldfish dead? It's like, well, you know. You maybe. want another one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that covered. You ain't getting your money back. Yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> no, You're like, no, I want no my- money back for goldfish. Six- you can have another one. Exactly. It's, what's the deal? Living material. Um, but yeah, you can get breeder specials from them and all sorts of, like I said, once again, just check out uh, seedsofhall.com. And uh, check it out yourself. And if James, if you listen to the show and you want to call in and give us some more in- input, feel free to do so. You're always, it's James Bean, man on the scene. Sometimes he, he used to do 420. Oops, but he's been busy. He's been doing so many shows. He did Hawaii, and then he went straight to Seattle. And um, I'm sure he's just 
happy to not have to be on my show right now. Uh, well, and that's it, right? That's our. That is it. Bills have been paid. We think, sort of, kind of. I don't know about that. Well, close enough. So uh, we are here in the studio with uh, again Red, old friend of mine. Uh, let's let's just start with your passion in this industry because uh, again we. We always cross paths in Amsterdam, which is always a, a place where everybody's cutting loose and going nuts. But it's a uh, you when you got home after you left those trips, you you pretty much have been in the garden for for a good good chunk of your life, I guess. Because yeah, yeah, a good chunk. Once I was old enough to realize what it was, it was a well. You're in a farming community. It sounds like if you're in Indiana, everything's farming there. Or not. Yeah, no, really. and it was everybody. Everybody farms. Every single house is a farm. Every single house is a farm. <laughs> it feels it's, like it's it. all corn and soybeans, and you know it's pretty ugly. But what's it like growing um, up there, though? As far as like, I mean, does everybody does it seem like? I mean, because you'd think whenever, whenever uh, when I was like growing up in East Coast in Rhode Island and stuff. I always thought of like, okay, anybody who's in future farmers, there's always like got to be like 10% of those guys just grow weed, right? That's why they're in there because it's like you get all access to. I don't know. You or know, not, or it, just the, none the of it. The state kind of varies depending on where you're at, if you're up north or down south. And the southern half gets more hilly and there's more kinder people. There's a university. Mm-hmm. There's more conscious people eating better food. and So you get more of your herbal scene. Right around that versus being, I don't know, but so being in that, I was into growing vegetables and market gardening and doing organics and working with the soil, and things happened. Of course, once waking up and learning the magic of the cannabis plant, it was it was just a given. I already knew how to mm-hmm. do this and that and had the connection with plants as a plant person and. And I have family background in commercial greenhouses, and so I knew flowers and plants, and and so that helped. Oh yeah, it made it really a lot easier. But um, but so, also, yeah. but it was never a good state, like no legal wise. No, no, it was that was the problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's, also, combination. Yeah. I, I would imagine because because people always like oh Indiana they can't have good. I'm like, well, they have people who actually understand plants better than most of these yeah. other guys who might be so-called good growers but well and there's you know the 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 thing that a lot of people don't know was the the actual cannabis research they did at indiana university that's true so that that was in like the early 70s or mid mid i think it was more early 80s oh even that late yeah is what i recall and um that i did that didn't build any cannabis culture but no people were in the know because of that and that helps uh, certain people be able to become breeders. And, and so what kind of projects were those? Do you know any of the background on those studies? Well, it was a lot of land race variety trials and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So things were being grown out uh, that um, people nowadays have never seen, which is super interesting. Yeah, I mean, like right now there's a huge – I mean, that's actually good because uh, the guy that I'm sending you down to go see, our, our buddy too, uh, he – He's really now popping lots of land race because he got a bunch from a friend. We both kind of got him from the same guy, but it was like the that guy's collection was a lot of Middle Eastern and because that's where he's from. But then African and 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 I think there's what I've noticed over the years is there was like not enough focus on African strains except for like Durban Poison and things that everybody thinks of when they think mm-hmm. of African. But there's so much interesting stuff there that I think wasn't utilized enough because everybody focused on afghans and 
and then it got became the only the same three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's working off the same material, right? So, do you know yeah. what kind of uh, land races that were they were focused? Was it more Asian or is it more African or? Well, it was or kind, kind of, of the, the whole, whole mix, like the mix, nice. is what my understanding was. Of course, I was young mm-hmm. and was introduced to some of these people who knew these things, but I've got to read documents and stuff, and it was really interesting to yeah. tie. You know, there was Asian uh, yeah. stuff in there for sure. And so I think the most interesting thing for me, um, even though the whole problem with all those is the permafritism, of course, but the the Laotian strains were more interesting, and that's kind of where it all came from anyway. It was like... The word Thai is a little bit misleading because mm-hmm. there really isn't that much weed growing. As beautiful as it is, it's sort of like that spot. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how I think when people think California and they're not from California, when they actually go to where all the cannabis part of California is, like that doesn't really, that's not the thing they were thinking. They're like, oh, oh, this is different. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, but it's that if you go across, around the world and look at that climate, at that latitude, it's like, okay, now you're in Morocco and now you're in these other places that are always like, drier than you think right because if it's too wet it's just not gonna work you know and and so the misnomer over the years has always been that's why when you think of thailand you think of like jungles and shit it's like that's not so in your first thing oh thai weed jungle still no it's more highland and it's more terrainy you know i mean it's it's like a heavier terrain and but the plants the hermaphrodism was always a problem so i grew a bunch out and always was like "Eh," you know like just didn't seem didn't seem like something you'd want to work with but when you smoke actual, because that was actually my only, growing up, I was, I'd say I was on the cusp, you know, because like when I was really conscious of where it came from was like 83 or something like that, or 84, you know what I mean? That's when I kind of like, oh, what is, oh, that's Hawaiian. Okay, that's Hawaiian. So I'm starting to taste like, okay, those, mm-hmm. are, those are interesting. And now I'm tasting, you know, and I always knew what kind of like the, an Afghan was pretty much a hash thing, you know, like how much Afghan hash there was back in those days. was right. ridiculous. There was a never-ending yeah. supply of the same exact hash, which was black, sliced perfectly in little... Thing. Everything about it was just commercially viable, you know what I mean? And it was, like, forever there. You could buy it at any trailer park in America. <laughs> it was, like, what, it was one guy <laughs> with a slab of hash that was, like, perfect, you know? It looked the same, yeah. It was always that, that Afghan, you know? So, yeah. so that was kind of, like, the base of understanding a little bit of, okay, that one comes from that part of that... So you, when you, and that's why when you smoke really good hash, it's almost like sometimes you're like, oh, you get that flashback of that particular smell where you're like, oh, that's that. Yeah. That, that's the hash smell. <laughs> like that smells like, <laughs> and it gets harder and harder to find flashback. now because now all the shit's all hybridized and you get like, it's like fruitier and got something. To, but occasionally, you know, that little thing cuts through, which is, I feel like the, especially like pens and stuff in five more years, it's going to be a whole generation of people who don't even know that smell you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like so it's so funny when you're making hash and you're making all different types of stuff like bubble hash to me always pops that thing out like oh it's there in the room like i smell it you know what i mean it's yeah. like oh the head turner like what is that so over the but but a lot of those african strains they're really like they were never really utilized enough because a lot of those are really like thcv heavy and now people don't that's like one of the more elusive things to get, you know what I mean? Like terp wise, it's easier to find things, but that THCV kind of like naturally just happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any strains? Have you been working with anything well, like crazy uh, after? I mean, with those land races, did you ever see anything pop up after the fact that kind of got out in, in the wild there, or was it kind of just all just info? 
Well, yeah, um, things came out and people made hybrids and, um, you know, I got to work with some interesting strains from Malawi and Swaziland. That's perfect. Yeah, those are two good ones. And Chamba? They were... Did you ever hear that? No. Malawi Chamba? Well, it actually just means good weed in Malawi. Yeah. That's like their kind of... I didn't go there. I didn't acquire it. You know, it was a thing that came into my lap. And now I really, really enjoyed the Malawi a lot. Um, The... Did you get really wide buds like that? Like, like yes. Kind of like, like the really... They were big. Big. Yeah. and Yeah, it's one of those, like, whoa, yeah. like, what's that? It it's loved like, being outdoors. Uh-huh. It, and it finished. I think, too, just popped some Malawis, too, so that'll be interesting. I think but they're just starting. But yeah. it's one of those... Uh, that's one of those ones I always saw, like, large bud. <laughs> like, wow, that is fucking a big... Yeah. Thing. What's that? It you was, know what I mean? It was really... It had just a taste but and a lot flavor of, that was so you, you don't find that taste nowadays. In but them. very uh, a little leafy, like a lot of like small leaves, like that kind of vibe on the buds, like kind of exploding leaf bud. Is what that's what I was getting when I was screwing them out. Yeah, um, I don't remember that so much. I you know I don't know how officially pure the strain was, mm-hmm. but it was um, unique that no one that I ever knew ever had. Mm-hmm. I worked in the Swazi land stuff a lot as well too and, and made a lot of different hybrids and that one was not big and impressive. No, it's kind of a yellowy was, color too. Did you get like the um or not very like no hairs on it really? Or? Well this was very red. Oh was it? Okay. Yeah, it was okay. a very red haired plant. Okay, it, no I got a small little tiny popcorn buds all down the you know. Because it was a skunk hybrid, the only ones that I grew because remember they had, okay. they did a lot of uh Swazi crosses, right? And it produced darker, darker leaf, uh, but lighter. But it was kind of like a contrast going on, which was nice. Yeah, it was it was pretty stony though. I remember it being real stony. It, would, it, it brought a whole different effect to the plants. It, the one, and I was I, I always worked with varieties that were not yielders. Mm-hmm. It was because we were breeding and being able to breed in different genetics to that the hybrids were fantastic the swazi itself was pretty you know right but it was bringing those genetics into that pool and be able to select out of that Mm -hmm. is what made some real winners and i'm sure you grew all like the Kerala skunk and all those kind of things back in the day when they had those yeah you know i had um a lot of working with a lot of the background lineage that went into bubble gum, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the G13, that was kind of an original thing. And some of those that spawned out of uh, some breeding programs, Heavenly High and some of these other ones that came out of G13 lineage. So um, there was kind of a broad spectrum. The original list, had it was covered the world mm-hmm. as far as genetics. And some of that obviously had gotten out. And so we were kind of covering ground. So, um, you know, working with some of the Asian varieties in there as well. But like I said, a lot of this stuff, you know, it grew, you know, 14, 14 feet, feet tall indoors. I was going to say about 14 <laughs> feet. You're like, okay. This you know, is you're bending it over inside to make mm-hmm. it to work. And, and also lighting qualities maybe weren't so – I mean, right now you could get away with double-ended, at, you know, sitting up at 15 feet already, you know, or even higher – and still putting enough light out, rooms already, you know, you got a big room humming, so it's like, okay, now we can actually, and then the funny part is nobody does that, you know what I mean? Like, everybody right. wants to fucking utilize their space as much as possible, 
but you know, like there, some of the most interesting rooms I've seen back in the day was um, in uh, in Amsterdam. There was a, a woman that used to grow for Neville. I don't know if you ever ran into her. Um, Wendy, crazy Wendy, back in the day. Oh sure. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if you ever saw her room when you were there, but no, she, it was uh, literally twelve footers in this place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, open bulbs. It was just like it was weird, and it was all hidden, which is nice because it's like one of those places where she was always proud to bring you by, and you get upstairs and you look around and you'd be like, "What the fuck is this room?" And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Boom!" Open the door. There you go. You see it. Oh, we got a call in. Who we got? It's magic. Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Who we got? What's up, man? My name's Alex. Uh, hey. I'm just calling to talk about some Malawi shit. Oh, nice. Great. Add, add what you can. Excuse me? Yes, yeah, so, sounds good. I said add, add, add to the conversation what you can. What, 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 you got some experience in Malawi's? Yeah, yeah, I... Uh... You know, a buddy of mine made some crosses with a, a Malawi tripoid male um, that he had found, and we were running a bunch of them. Uh, it was a, you know, it's a really interesting plan. I'm not sure where he had got them from. It could have been Afro Pips or something. I can't uh, really remember. Right. But uh, and it was a triploid, you said. So, and did it carry through? I mean, you guys used it. You guys just grew it out as a clone, and kind of always had carried that characteristic. Or did you guys actually breed it into something? Try to. It's a really hard thing to get. No, no. So we, 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 we had seeds of it, mm-hmm. and we found a little tripod male, and we oh, used, used it male. Nice. on on a bunch. Yeah, yeah, and we used it on a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think like purple diesel, Girl Scout cookie forum. Uh, we used it on the Kim Four. Um, I don't remember. This was like ten, twelve years ago. Right. Uh, and did you also get yeah, was, big yielders? Was it a big yeah. yielder too, like we were talking about? Or oh yeah, it, it was huge. Um, you know, big old long colas. It had kind of kind of carrot. It kind of had like a carrot nose to it. You know, um, it was it was really weird. We never tested it, but right. you know, I've heard a lot that the Malawi's test high in THCV. Yeah. Um, which it had a very psychedelic kind of high. Um, it flowered, you know, most of the DF2s we had made with it, they, they would go really long. We, they didn't like being inside, obviously, being, being in, you know, land, land race or airloop strain. Um, but they would go like 13 weeks, you know, um, at least, you know, and that, that's kind of, and that was in the F2s that uh-huh. we had kind of bred to, try and find shorter flowering plants with, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get, I mean, it's really yeah, hard. It's really yeah, it's just hard with those those long flowering ones. First of all, it's hard to keep a mom around because a lot of those plants, you know, tend to be like nightmares because they're getting so big and, and they, <laughs> they, they're, as you're cutting them back, they're not really happy, you know what I mean? It's sort of stress them out and stuff. So they're, they're kind of a bitch in that way. And then, uh, you know, like when you go past 11 weeks, I think everybody's just like, they're, it's so hard to get anybody who doesn't appreciate what they're doing unless they're getting paid more or something because they're just like, ah, you know, nobody. Exactly. And now everybody doesn't give a fuck. They're just like, they'll pay you straight across the board, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, no, this actually takes like twice as long as something else. I got it. Someone's got to get paid. And that's kind of where a lot of these strains, unfortunately, get lost in the long run because of the fact that it's just not viable in today's market. And I hope that more people just take exactly. the time to. I mean, if you're a hobbyist, it. it's one thing, mm-hmm. but. To grow commercially, it just really doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, but it but it does if you have the right facility. I mean, in a way, because if, if some places now would understand their market better, they'd be like, well, you will find guys and and guys and girls out there who understand good weed and understand like will pay a little bit more because we always have. That's been you know the, pretty much the way you can Gosh. always get cheaper weed. That's not impossible. Slide on over. We got Annie in the house. Move yeah, climb. Make climb, it dramatic. Oh, yeah. Annie Reekin in the house. Yes. He... What up? Who <laughs> So you got your headphones here, whatever. Uh, yeah, we got, a, we got a caller on right now talking about Malawi weed. You ever smoke any Malawi? I'm sure you did. I'm you? sure I did. Well, in the day. <laughs> Can't remember. That's always a good sign. Um, so what are you growing now? Are you, are you growing at this point, or this is something you didn't pass, or...? No, I, I, you know, I'm not growing anymore. I think I still have some seeds in the stash of it, unfortunately. Um, I am growing a, a, an African land race, uh, some Durban Punch uh, from Tropical Seeds. They're out of the Canary Islands. That's, they kind of do a lot of work with a lot of African stuff. Right. Um, it's it's heard definitely going to be one of the longer flowering things in the room right now. I'm at, like, week, at, at week eight on Wednesday, and, you know, none of the calyxes have started swelling yet except for ones that I had selectively pollinated you know right. um, but yeah I mean it's just a big old cola full of pistols um, but it's interesting it, it really doesn't smell like you know I also have the Colorado Durban cut but yeah but that's that's the, that's such a non Durban smell that I'm used to yeah the it's Colorado like one kind of a peachy smell to yeah the Colorado one is really off base when it comes to like a, a real Durban just should have like an anise background to it like it should really you should be like holy shit that smells like licorice like straight up licorice and right. then and then you're like okay that's that's probably a Durban right as close as to the original that I because that's how I've always uh, the the expression on every Durban and the problem is if you grow a Durban and like say in Holland outdoors it's not going to never it's never going to have as much uh, oomph to it as if you either grow it indoors or in equatorial sort of situation, but but in, but with the one here, it's like, wait a minute, this smells nothing. Like, I don't get any of that. I smell Jack something, you know what I mean? That, that, and, and yeah, it, it, it is really Jacky. It's got yeah. that weird kind of spicy smell to it, and it's the, it, that must be the skunk or, you know, you know, all those things that they've got going on in Europe. You know? Well, it's even worse, I think, is what it is. Well, not worse, but I think what the reality is, it's like paint where you, you just overwork something, and when you put too many combinations in it, because Jack Harrow is an 11-way hybrid, like literally an 11-way hybrid. So when, when Ben drew it out for us, it was like, okay, that's a fucking dog's breakfast and a half. Like you're always say, <laughs> explaining, but that's it was wrong. it was like it was like a you know eleven way hybrid. So you're like, okay, I think at, once you get beyond a certain amount of crosses, it kind of just turns brown at that point, and that brown flavor is that fucking Jack flavor. And it's like that's where the, if you're not a big smoker, you smoke it once and you go, wow, that's really hazy and nice. And then you're like, no, it's not a haze, dude. Haze is very distinctive. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like that's a just a mix that's spicy, and so you could. Yeah, it's almost peppery, the Jack. Yeah, and it's it's too bad because it's like when it first came, like when that flavor was first hit, it was real special in a weird way, but now I see like so many different things, and you're like, it's just turning into a category, you know what I mean? It's like that's the, the that category. So, yeah, I'm not, I like how it grows the Colorado cut, but it's just so not Durban that it's always like 
I just anybody who grew it, I'd be like, it's, in the, it's a, first of all, it's an indica. Like, look at it, look at it. It grows like a beast. You right. know I, mean? I mean, it's done in like nine weeks. Exactly. And it, and it grows it's good yield. And it's, yeah, it doesn't have any of those other characteristics. Like, again, it's a good cut, but um, well, it sounds like you got a, a long wait ahead of you on that particular plant. But from the eighth week on is actually kind of fun. This is where you, you really got to log in and sort of like, you won't see much happen, and then all of a sudden, it, fucking overnight, some crazy shit happens. That's what that's what's interesting about those long sativas is that they're they kind of have like a double or a th- triple. Like if you didn't know, you might harvest it time. Like oh, maybe it's ready, and you're like no, 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 and then all of a sudden, a whole new thing comes off the top of it or something. You know, right. and so <laughs> and those are the things that that can screw you yeah. up. I've been kind of worried about seeing it, you know, <laughs> just because it being a land raised strain. Deal with the soil that I had mixed and feed off of it, but you know, at eight, at eight weeks, like I said, a lot of leaves are already fading and falling falling off, even on the cola. Uh, I may have to hit it or something. Which I found weird. I, you know, I thought land races usually have, uh, you know, don't need much food at all. Yeah, but I guess this isn't the case. Maybe it's bread and rich soil or something. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're. Uh it's a lot of times you're chasing the fence. It seems like just because they're they're you don't know what they need, and so they're and they're in a weird environment. Like, hey, this is the richest soil I've ever been in, yeah. and it might not necessarily translate to like faster growth. It might actually take longer for it to figure it out. You know, because I've had the same where you're just like the doesn't seem like you're you're giving it the best you can give it, and then you're almost like maybe that's the problem. You know, I mean, maybe it's so used to being. Just dirt poor and like not working, not having anything to work with. It's like holy shit! I got a smorgasbord, so that maybe plants aren't just aren't expressing those original things that they did. You know? Yeah, and and it's weird. You know, I I was expecting that any kind of licorice flavor that you described that's you know well known with the Durban, but I'm getting peach. Um, I don't. I know. I was talking to guys at Tropical Seeds that had bred it. I think they they crossed it like a transki or something like that. So trans maybe guy. yeah, transki, transki coming from. That's a pretty small plant, transki too. Know. It's not a. It's like more pyramid shaped, kind of like yeah, almost transki. Yeah. Transki is like a, a if it's if it's an original one, they grow it literally like, a lot like a train wreck. You know how a train wreck grows like mm-hmm. that pyramid shape, a little wide on the bottom and just kind of silver. Uh-huh. It's like that. That that's kind of the the original, and it's yeah, it's an interesting plant on its own. That's the thing we were like, with African strains is like they. They uh, tend to be like the best and the worst, all within maybe a mile of each other. Like especially, <laughs> like the Nigerian black is one of the strongest plants out on the planet, just on its own. It can be like in the twenties and higher, high twenties just in nature. But it doesn't yield shit. And it's are you talking about like JJ's? No, I'm talking That's about Nigerian? in the wild. I'm talking about like Nigerian black, like in the wild. Oh, okay. now, his is like oh, a Niger- yeah. yeah, his is a Nigerian right. base that has the dark colors too. But in the, in the wild, it's like one of the Higher strain, higher THC strains found, like one of the highest ones, and it gets a real weird, creepy high, like you get with a lot of uh, extreme uh, hazes and things like that. So it's got that like racy, strange high. But within a mile of that, you could find like ten thousand other plants that all suck. You know what I mean? So it's really like a hard to. You have to really. Otherwise, you're going to get fucked. You know what I mean? You go there. Oh yeah, I'll take it all, and they're like one bud out of the whole thing is actually like that. The rest yeah. of them look black and have the same vibe, but Not the same nothing. Ball. Yeah. So 
So it's a hard. It's like it's kind of like you know, that, uh, yeah? that racy kind of psychedelic high on the Nigerian. I know uh, back to the Malawi. I know the Malawi stuff fine. THTV is that is that true also for the Nigerian? I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of the African that. strains in general just seem to have a lot of THCV uh, traits in them, and that's that is like the um, if you want to kind of like describe it it would be like the the flash part of the high like if you smoke outdoor weed compared to indoor weed indoor weed kind of isn't quite as like bright in a sense like and if you have like outdoor weed and you get right. that with but the outdoor weed doesn't last as long and then the indoor weed seems to be like more like creeper come up harder at the end but with outdoor weed you kind of get that instant really like happy high which you don't get sometimes with indoor weed like a lot of like the, the missing element is mm-hmm. that thcv and that's because it's mostly created in sunlight conditions and so uh-huh. some plants can make it and some plants, a lot of plants can't, you know, and the much that they can, it's a tiny bit, but then there's a, you know, you'll find an anomaly here and there. And then those are the ones that get everybody really high, but maybe don't have a high THC. You know, they're just like, yeah, they're like 8%, but it has a lot of THCV. And it's like, oh, that's, I'd rather, rather have that almost. So, yeah, so keep your eyes out. Hmm. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, man. Well, I, yeah, dude, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Sure. I'll be listening. All right, man. Thank you. So Annie, yes. get close to the mic here. Come on, don't think we're you're cuddle little, right up. You're not lounging around here. This is work. Oh, and then, oh look retired. at him. He's tired. Look, he's tired. <laughs> so, do you guys even remember each other? No, no. Do you well, remember? I remember you. Yeah, you, yeah. I remember yeah. you as one of those faces at that time when I couldn't pay attention to anything. Yeah, uh, it, it, and and I was just in the background. And here we are on the couch know, together, uh, all hanging but, out. Uh, I, I have been to your house. See, there you go. Boom. See? But it's been a long time sure. ago. And, Did I and, cook? Um, no. Did Rob pack the bong endlessly? Yes. Okay. That well, was the story. Was there matches involved? Uh, <laughs> many matches. <laughs> was there you, ma- you weren't swallows. the guy who sat there and watched Rob all night and went, well, man, how many hits is that? <laughs> Rob went, oh, so we don't count around here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't you. So no, uh, I was not counting <laughs> when we were doing. So lucky, see now, see he just rolled in. It was just magic, and so we were like, "Hey, perfect," because uh, Annie's supposed to come on, but you know, now that you're here, since uh, nobody told me I had to be on time. Nah, exactly. Not on my show. That would be the craziest idea ever. Um, kind of what I thought in my introduction, because I assumed you were going to show up. I said, "Okay, no, let's let's break it down." We did the cup in '93, and. It was small and fun, but then it became something real. And then somebody else did it in between us, right? A couple people, right? No, I or, think what happened, in, no, 94 was the first year I wrote the coffee shop review. Okay, so that was right after us. That guy, year. Todd, that worked for Arianne, was supposed to write him, but he got into grad school here in Denver. Really? Yeah, and said, and said later. I was the only I was the only literate person he could think of, and, um, <laughs> yeah. so I got the job interviewing so we did the, the first, coffee shops. So we did the first guidebook and almost got in trouble for doing it because we said the cannabis cup. Then you got hired by them to do the actual thing. I think you even copy pasted some of our good stuff because it was so tight. We had to do, we did a good job for it. We right, paved I, the road. Yeah. We paved the road we for you. We literally walked in. We're like, I'm taking over. Those guys suck. Let me show Nobody you. Nobody told me you sucked. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You you walked in. You were like, Man. but didn't you? Did you feel the same problems that we? Because when I, we did it, we got a lot of blowback. I mean, we had blowback, and then you already had the blowback from the coffee shops, from the owners. Yeah, they didn't want. At first, we we had to like 
work hard. Like we thought it was going to be easy. It was like, oh, high times. Everyone loves high times. And then we found out real quick that was I not... found out that they hated them, but they really wanted to do it. Yeah, the, you got the hype part. So you were lucky. You got it when it turned. Yeah, it started going up like, because 90, so how many years did you end up doing it? 94, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Six years. That's a long time. I know. Too long. Too that long. is a long time. So in cannabis, in cannabis Cup years, six years is like, what, 60 years or something? Is that, does it like, does like it dog years? years? Yeah, I don't it, know. It's but, like um, that because, I mean, now it, we used to be one cup a year. And that was the thing that was, about, was interesting about the Cannabis Cup is it was one cup a year in Amsterdam. You had to get there. There's a lot of missions involved. And then nowadays it's like one cup a month. Right? Oh, there's cups everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. even cannabis cups from them are like bi-monthly pretty much it came down to, like a bi-monthly one just from them. And then you got all these other magazines and you got all these other groups and cups and things and stupid people like me doing my own cups, you know, dumb shit like that. But it was inevitable because when you're, when you do it, you realize like it's not, and, and that's the thing is a lot of, if you're doing it for the money, it's not going to last very long because really what will separate you from the herd is the true love of the cannabis plant, and then that is not going to make you any money because <laughs> that's the problem. Everybody goes. We've proved that year after year. Yes, and, and, loving and, the cannabis plant don't make you no money. It's it's crazy. <laughs> the more you love it, the harder it is to make money, and this is this is a this is a known fact. If you hate on it, you'll probably make tons of money. That's the guys, yeah. and it's just, when you think of it as a widget, is when you're like, hey, we're past that point, and we can't. I don't. I like it's been my problem since the beginning. Like. Selling, <laughs> selling weed when I was a kid, even then, I was like, ah, I can't get rid of that. You know, I was like, right. oh, well, you know, I guess that's, you know, and that, and that just turns into the, 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 the end of your downfall <laughs> at that point. It starts. That's it's when it starts. starts. Exactly. Here we um, are. So all those years, six years, and what was the maximum of, there's about 3,000 people in the end? I don't think it was ever that many. I think that was the most they ever had. Maybe. I don't know. You don't think so? Not I even? don't know. I never, yeah. Why would they tell me how many here, tickets they sold? True. Well, here it was 20,000 people. Well, how many people went to the Emerald Cup? Uh, about 20,000 people. But, but, but here it was, it was still high times. It was 20,000. That was probably their peak. Oh, was that the one I came to a few years ago? Which, no, I don't think so. It was 2012 or something like that. It was the, was the I don't 13. Remember. It was probably the big, 14. 13, 14, those were like when it was like Denver was hot. No, that was when I, I was here. And it was right on April 20th. Oh, my yeah. God. You saw it? I saw it. <laughs> you saw it. So anyway, it was a monster, right? And that was the thing is we were there for a whole year preparing every year. Like the day they left, it was like, oh, get one week of break. And then, I mean, you pretty much start talking to people about it again. Exactly. When's it going to be next year? And you had That to f- sucked. When's it going to be next year so I can be in it again? Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the other thing, too, is like the, the fallout. I mean, it was kind of good because, for instance, I was, I was super happy that you were involved because otherwise, you know, it was because we did have a, there was a moment in time. What, what happened with remember what's his name? The little guy with the bald dude. What was his name? He used to work for used to work over at the gray at, for us in the gray area and stuff. And then he took over for a little while, and it got real sloppy. Oh God! You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't say his name. <laughs> you can't say it. Or you can't I just say, can't say. It won't oh, come won't to come my mind. I was gonna say I can't either because it's weird. I'll, I'll remember it. I'm just gonna blurt it out somewhere during the show. Ah. That's his name. But anyway, that, was that after you, or what was the deal with that? that I was think like, that was after. Yeah, and then it just went right back down to just miscommunication. Because that was the whole thing. It was like the cup was, uh, we, we, we had all this passion behind it because we had organized it that one year, and we just wanted it to 
do good. Then it was like, yeah, Annie's involved. Things are going to be great. And it started to go really good. Oh, man, we had the PAX Party House full of hemp products and stuff. You're closer to the mic. There you go. Hemp PAX Party House. Oh, my God. Full of hemp products. The PAX was ridiculous. And it was funny because to this day when someone says to me the PAX Party House, it's like, okay, you were there in those literal, like, kind of crazy years where, yeah, it was so tight. But it was still cool. It was right next to a police station. That was the funniest like mm-hmm. part of it all. You'd that was come a good in, part. I mean, literally, the building was the police station. Half. And this is the PAX Party House. And this is the police station. And it just was like mind-boggling for everybody who was coming. And the cool part is that in those years, everybody who came came back. And then at a certain point, it stopped being that. It started just to be a new group every year because there wasn't, like, enough satisfaction from the year and there wasn't enough personability, is what I feel. Because during the PAX days, you had to, like, you know, we were, like, literally... Right, well, then it got more spread out all over town, too. Cause well, well, yeah, but also just in general, the, um, the, in my opinion, it was, like, there wasn't the feeling that... You feel like you did it, you done it, and it wasn't like you had to do it again. Whereas those years, it was, like... I mean, once that guy, what's, remember the farmer guy that would come every year with the freaking overalls that was like with his daughter and he was there every single year and he was the first guy and he'd roll into the shop and I'd be like, oh shit, it's on. Like, it's on. Well, it's I, on. <laughs> and, you know, the, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember the guy? And I can't remember his name either, but he was from down south Atlanta. He was a politician down there and he would come every year and he would run like the... In the white hemp suit? Not Gatewood no, Golf. No, 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 no. He wasn't a politician like that. Like he just—that's what he just. But he was just a politician. Politician. He was like a local guy, but he was, but he was really good at organizing. And he would always wear like all the. He he, he was the pre-laminate guy before all the laminate guys wore all the laminates. Like he would come because he was there like every year, and I, he was a small guy, a little short dude, and he would just like get on the mic and do a lot of the stuff for because he knew nobody. It was just like a classic bunch of stoners. You know, right, like, nobody taking charge. No yeah. one's taking charge. And he was that guy. Like, hey, that guy. Yep. You know, yeah, he was the whole exactly. right, everybody, <laughs> everybody from high times was off getting high, and, yeah. and he was making their party yeah. happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And anyway, but uh, like, there was just certain elements of the cups that were like pretty awesome because um, it was still hokey dokey, and was that was fun. cool. That, that was the good part of it, and and it's weird to see how big it's gotten, and then all of a sudden it's gotten you know commercialized and stupid in the sense as far as like nobody even cares like who won. Oh, it's good for your packaging on your legal product that you can sell now. Right, but back you, in the day, it was like, it was like even when you won, there was really no. The benefit was that your shop would be super popular if you were selling it out of shop. And we were always in the kind of the the weird category where we couldn't really benefit off of it except for seed sales. But then seed sales weren't like now when people actually feel they can legally grow. So it was like you know, seeds were always like one of those things you think you're gonna go, oh man, we're gonna sell so many, and then it's like. Yeah. Out of the thousand, even if three thousand people came, let's say three thousand, the most that ever came, which we don't even know if they're all from America, but let's say even if three thousand potential seed guys came, maybe like fifty would buy. It, you know what I mean? The rest were like scared, or you know, what are we gonna do with it? And it was just hardly so. So people, a lot of us didn't benefit as hard as people thought they did. Like, oh, you guys, but I don't think people. That, but did no you internet. benefit through the year from having prizes? Kind of. So because people, people came all year, a lot of people were I mean, like, we were lucky I'm not we going then, I'm not yeah. going during the cup. It, it, it kind of, it, but to the point where I was always like way more anticipating like the big, ah, it's going to be crazy on those, even those years when we won, 
you know, we had a few decent like runs or whatever, but but for the most part, seed seeds are always have been like very exclusive as far as the amount of like, still to this day. I mean, you can for every ten pounds of weed, you sell one pack of seeds. You know what I mean? Like in reality, when you actually balanced it out, because uh, but nowadays it's actually turning into a whole new baseball card mentality hype where you're like because of Instagram. Instagram's turned it into a whole new world where you're like, oh, you don't really have to be a grower. You just have to be a collector that you're probably going to sell. A lot of people are selling them, flipping them, you know, getting the last packs of whatever some guy's got and then waiting for them to go up in value and then trying to flip. You know what I mean? It's like, it is kind of like the, like glass was like that two years ago and now glass is kind of pooped out too. You know what I mean? Things go in these little waves and now it seems like it's Bitcoins and seeds. Those are the two. Huh. Collectibles. So it's good. Good for us seed guys, I guess. You get a little punt, little boost in the in the economy. But you, you need to do really limited run seed packaging. Yeah, you have okay, I mean, so of that course. people are pack, collecting the packaging, and then they don't even care. They really don't care at that. And they really don't care what <laughs> seeds are in it. Could well, be anything. Well, it's like sneaker. It's like sneaker. It's it's like sneaker guy. Well, we don't want to do that. But it's like sneaker guys who don't really wear their sneakers. They just buy them and stack them up. And you're like. I just wear my sneakers till they fall off. Same with my strains. Same with, you know, what I smoke, too. I'll smoke what I smoke, and then I'll move on to something new, and I'll probably focus on that a lot. And um, But then you always have your little stand, you know, your, your one you go back to. Um, but, anyway, so back in the day with all that stuff, did you, uh, did you see this whole industry growing the way it has grown? Because I know you've been back for the the whole time that this is a really – when did you move back? 2000? 2002. Two. So it was already legal and legal-ish, you know, in a lot of places. You're in now, and you're in the East Coast, right? I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New Hampshire, where there's a very small medical program, and um, states around us are talking about adult use, recreational. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just I, what did I think? I don't think I ever saw it being quite like this. I just was in California starting on Jan- from January first, checking out dispensaries. Or but this is another thing we got to work on, Adam. There's liquor stores, right? You want to go buy something to drink, you go to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the dispensary anymore. You don't go to the pot shop. Is it the cannabis shop? Is it the... what? Well, we mm. need a, a generic term for marijuana stores, can, cannabis stores. Mm. I mean, it's hard because uh, it's going to be stuck as a dispensary. Just like coffee shops are all coffee shops, even though, like, Gray Area never had good coffee, no one ever drank it, right? That was, like, I told you that was the whole theory behind that one. It was like... If we make the worst coffee in the world, then no one will drink it, and we'll never have to clean up. Now, that's basically the the, it's the gray area philosophy. <laughs> and I'm sure if anybody's been there, they know the coffee blows. <laughs> it's really bad. It was always how dirty the outside of the cup was that bothered me. Like, they just rinsed out the inside. Oh, my God. In Amsterdam, that never happened. No. They, uh, they do okay, that, dishwashing they, was very casual in Amsterdam. They, I will agree with they, that. Uh, whenever they do the, uh, like, I'd watch them do the fucking beer things, and they just, like, soak, soak, soak. It'd all be all soapy. And then they just put them over the thing and let it drain. I'd be like, you didn't even rinse them. You just let that shit just come down. It's like, oh. So, yeah. That's what makes the beer taste the way it does. <laughs> it gives you the shits is what it does. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what it really does. So, um, Did I ever see it getting this big? I yeah. guess I hoped so, but I guess I thought it might be a little different. It's a little like, bit like Trump. We, don't, we, we all thought it would be kind of funny to happen, and then when it happens, we're like, this is actually not really good because now the prices have plummeted and all my friends are like hating it. It's really weird. Like We all went through like the quick highs, and now we're already into the – the lows and the mids and the fucking it's like wah, 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 what did we do 
it's 800 bucks a pound and it's fucking dropping like a rock and people are losing, losing their income the, all over the place. Exactly. No, yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, 10 years ago, you'd go five pounds and still go away for the winter. Yeah, and it's like this, this is, <laughs> these days are, are, are coming change. to an end. Yeah, it's huge. And, and, and it's not like the workload is less. Our rents are higher, input costs are more, competition's fierce. And so, yeah, you almost have to like give up on the idea of doing it unless you're going to do it big. And then, but then the worst part is, is if you're in that middle ground where you actually smoke a lot of weed, then you kind of have to grow your own because it's too fucking expensive. I mean, the taxes are oh, it's crazy, nightmarish, and you don't. Why would you want to pay it anyway? Because it's like who you who you know. And you don't know anything about it. I went to a bunch of places in California, and supposedly legalization was going to bring us uniform products, informed staff to help you buy things. They're still talking about indica and sativa, no broadleaf. Anyhow, um, and. They're not even up to broadleaf. No broad, narrowleaf drug, broadleaf drug. I'm just going biting my tongue. Um, the <laughs> ladies, they're, they're patting me on the arm going, well, the difference between hash and shatter is that hash has some plant material left in it, dear, was when they called me dear. Yeah, right. Wow. They were, the but they don't know, the kids don't know nothing about the products. No. I was in Nevada, um... They have clearly posted you can buy, you know, an ounce of weed, um, so many grams of edibles, and an eighth of an ounce of hash in a day. And I said to the kid, well, how does that work? How did they decide the amount? You know, like, did they say that in an eighth of an ounce of um, of a concentrate, there's going to be this much THC and there's that much in an ounce, so you're only buying the same amount? And he just looks at me and goes, it's the milligrams. <laughs> it's like idiocracy where they're just like... Yeah. It's I electrolytes. Went, I, I was there in California a couple of weeks ago, and I, it was really interesting. I was checking out the products and the same it's kind fun. of same yeah. kind of uh, experience, where the young gentleman it was explaining to me in great detail how hemp and marijuana were actually different plants and different species, and they it wasn't cannabis. And, um, and you're and, like, mm, and shit. then actually went into some pretty good, and I had to bite was my flat, tongue. Was he a flat earther at the same time? Or what? Uh, like, no, oh, he bro. was just he's a, so flat. he was so into what he was doing that yeah. he was trying to you know. And I was checking out the CBD um, category, and it was uh, empty. And the guy tells me, um, "It's empty because it's selling. People are wanting it. There's only this one thing in here, and we don't buy hemp CBD." We don't buy that shit from Colorado because it, um, you know, it, it's a scavenger. It pulls all the heavy metals, and you know, and it's not. We only take CBD from medical marijuana. And then he got into this whole thing about this hemp and marijuana, and we're different plants. And I, oh, I just had to thank him for his time and check out the other selections. But it was to your point of you know knowledgeable tenders. Well, they think they know it. They probably read it somewhere or something. Well, they got a two-week course. Oh, they're okay. So. Um, I went into one place to buy something to, can I say this? Send back to a friend in Amsterdam, which I find highly amusing that things are need to go from California. But, you know, she wanted one of these CBD vape pens, really high-test-looking 
kind of looks like a tampon, slick lady stuff. <laughs> hey, and, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, tampons. <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about that on this show. It's a guy show for guys. No, it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think any ladies are listening? No. <laughs> we hope at least a few. Watch it, bud. Um, we do. We have a Don't I watch it, bud. Oh, my God. Am I getting Harvey Weinstein on my own show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting Harvey Weinstein over here. Anyhow, no, we, when I went we, into we, this we place, hope we have plenty. the company that made this line of things had the company rep in the dispensary. The company rep, like the guy that gets sent out to pour shots of Cuervo at the ski slope and stuff. The company rep informing me about the products. 55, he's been in cannabis for two or three months as a profession. He's out there, and he learned about medical cannabis from his mother and his older sister. Yeah, that sounds good. Nice. Uh, and he's repping the product. I and just he's wanna... 55. Yeah. Great, great time to start repping. repping. Two, two months in. Yeah, two months in at 55. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, yeah, it's not, not, not the guy you wanted to be telling you. But, you know, it's... It's funny too, because like you were saying earlier, um, so somebody in California is like, it's not that California, it's not that Colorado hemp, and then people in Colorado are like, it's not that Chinese hemp. So it's like, just it's always somebody, it's the other hemp's bad, bad hemp, you know, bad, uh, it's bad from somewhere yeah. else. But even like China hemp, like they're about to step their game up on on proper isolate that's actually, you know, got uh, the same exact qualities as anything you can get here, but a third of the price, which is exactly what they know how everybody operates because uh, most of the people that are working with isolate right now, which that's like the, the thing that everybody wants to talk about and wants to try to sell and wants to try to sell you, especially at these, like once you get into these uh, pharmaceutical companies that are getting involved or, or even like food additive, people start to put it into like, it's now people are just clocking on stuff. Oh yeah, it's going to go into dog food. It's going to go into granola. It's going to go into this. It's going to go into that. And it, it's great, but it doesn't really work. Like, isolate's not the best. Mm-mm. It's like, again, you're back to that whole single molecule mentality of, like, well, this doesn't even work. But they don't give a fuck. So then, but they it's do. It's like g- about 10 years ago, they put echinacea in chicken soup cans. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. It was uh-huh. like a thing for a couple of years. In soup cans or like, in? You know, canned soup. Oh, okay. When not- you bought canned soup, you could buy chicken noodle soup with echinacea. That's weird. Oh, because they just thought of it was like double, it was, double. Like everybody was taking echinacea. So you just skip the fucking do that. Put that in your soup when you're sick. Yeah. See, and you get the gotcha. echinacea effect. Right, <laughs> echinacea. But is that? Yeah. Well, there you go. Saving, saving some time and energy. Um, but I, I feel like it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. It'd be great to see like cereal aisles fortified with CBD more than sugar right like, sprinkle it on there but i don't think it's going to work as well as it would be full plant uh, or whole plants you know that kind of it's like yeah it's always the the, the double edge but at the same time people don't if they don't care that it doesn't work then they probably don't care if they get it from china too you know what i mean so i feel like that's going to be the next push where everyone's like oh well fuck it, it doesn't work anyway <laughs> get it from china throw it in there you know it's like instead of actually using it the right way right um yeah. Because yeah. they put it in vodka in fucking Europe. I'm like, okay, that's not really the spot that I'm thinking about it. But I guess yeah, CBD vodka. I mean, it's in Poland, of course. It's yeah. like there. What else they got? You know, like, what else? It helps recover from hangover. You know, it's, it's straight, yeah. Cushions your brain against the hangover. <laughs> that's re- yeah. I mean, it can't hurt, I guess, at that yeah. point. But, but yeah, there's definitely some crazy ways of, uh, of sort of viewing it as a, as a, the, like, 
because because you can't claim health claims at this point technically like just like anything you can't say this does this but i saw on tv the other day which was nuts here in colorado it was a looked like it was an international thing that was probably in every legal state it was california cream i think it was called or oh yeah you were talking and about it was that. like it's like the middle of the night and all of a sudden i'm watching it and i'm like holy shit this is for cbd cream and it's like hey infomercial and they show like a you know like a picture of a body and it's like they're here, 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 here. And it's like, you know, not claiming it, but kind of claiming it pretty much. Thing. Use it here. Use it here. Yeah. It says for pain here, 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 here. <laughs> so it's like, okay, pretty much your entire body because it just showed your head, your arm, your leg, and your, you know, so it's like, okay, pretty much any, You have pain anywhere. Then you need to rub this cream on yourself. And then it was 1995. Buy one, get one free. Full on infomercial where it was one of those deals where it was like the, you know, the, the, uh, tagline from Jersey. It was like, you know, not a fucking medical state at all. It was like, you know, when it, you know, P.O. Box, blah, 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 Jersey. You're like, oh, yeah, this is some fucking guy just pumping it out. But uh, it's that. It's, we're at that level now. You know what I mean, it's like, yeah. it's info. Right before I left in December, I found at the checkout counter, the convenience store where they have the energy package and stuff, something with CBD in it. Like a calming thing with, I don't know, some Chinese herbs and CBD. But yeah, yeah. it's a convenience store in nowhere, New Hampshire. Right. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, it is like the. It's crazy that they're talking about cracking down on it. Like it's a fuck. Like they already raided. But what, that thing in Tennessee, where they yeah, raided, they, yeah. They raided. They raided like seventy plus shops, and and you saw that one cop that came out. Did you see that that video? I did not see that I video. Heard, heard no, about it. It was pretty I, good. Yeah, it was like this it. cop because they're like, they're like, and then the reporter was really on point. She's like, so. uh what do you think they're using it for? And he's like, they're using it to get high. And, and she's like, no, they're not actually. They're using it for pain and they're using it for, you know, she gave him like a fucking schooling and he's all, well, yeah, if you, and then, and then, uh, yeah, well, if you, like, it's not like you can go down to the pick and wick and buy it. She's like, you can buy it at Walmart. And then he's like, well, then we'll just have to look into that. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Like, just, yeah, it's really kind of sad there's local communities like that. Um, there's stores, yeah. And Barney Five comes in and oh, it was a full education. Yeah, it's, it was a 100% Barney Five. It was yeah, like the literal, like oh my god, this guy is the the epitome of, of stereotypical of, Southern sheriff of just ignorant yeah. guy that's talking out his ass right now, yeah. and and especially because you know they. They they went in like hard, you know, smashing up places. And, you know, it's it's like, crazy. I, I remember I, in Amsterdam they did the same thing with uh, they came in and, and were all freaking out about our hemp oil because people were saying hash oil and it was like they came in yeah we got hash oil and I remember they came I was like what and I was like no we don't have any hash oil and it was just like and then they they went into the fridge and they got it all out and we were just like are you guys kidding it, it, it obviously didn't go anywhere and they were like scratching their, and it was like nobody is smoking that shit just stop you know what I mean but but that confusion between hemp oil it's like. Uh, to this day, there's so much confusion with the wording, like with hemp oil, hash oil, like RSO, like all the different. <laughs> we have so many kinds. We've turned it into like a a, a rainbow of what kind of oil is that again? <laughs> Get the right bottle. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff. Um, but you notice anything when it has anything for real in it, it works. You know what I mean? That's the right. key. It's like that's the. The silver bullet, right? So it's like when you're talking earlier, the you know the single molecule theory, right? And that will help certain people, but 
it's all about the full plant. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting because I have had a, a guest on who's a friend of mine, and he's developed a pretty simple. He's patented, and it's like you know, basically he patented the most simple thing ever, which is grinding up fucking wheat and mixing it with coconut oil, and just you know, what the simple synthesis of of the, like. And you're like, when you do it, the hardest part is, of course, getting oil into capsules without it turning into a giant mess. And that was like how it always came to me. And I was always like, dude, this, it can't, can't be like this. <laughs> it's a great, it works good, because it works really good. Like, literally 10 times more powerful than if you were to try to do it with, like, the same amount of oil. Because the oil is always like, to me, it's like, that's like you already fucked it up. You know what I mean? When it comes to medicine. Because once you put it into solvent of some sort, you're kind of like get down to like a piece of a pie and compared to like the whole thing. And there's, you've lost something along the way and that's like the most important part. It seems like every time, you know, whereas like... But the co- you're saying the coconut oil as a medium to t- extract is... Just a tiny bit of coconut oil and mix it with some uh, flour or break up some bud. And then that's what, it's, it's, it's funny because now Matt doesn't, uh, mm-hmm. smoke anymore and that's all right. he does that's how he does his every morning and it's just like literally super active because it's like it, it, you know you can warm it up first it's always obviously going to activate even better but uh, then put the coconut oil so you kind of like heat it up a little bit put a little coconut oil in it's just like that when you're not smoking it'll fucking last all day compared to like you know same amount of mm-hmm. weed you've smoked and you'd be like whatever right but you're like, whoa, shit, that's fucking, bam, you know. So it's just like delivery. So that's like a not a non, that's a non thing. But it's like it's not in the actual uh, original plant material, let's say. But that little tiny thing helps. And imagine when you now strip it out further, you get even less. You know, so it's like you got any cornflakes, and you got nothing. <clears throat> so, um, so you're now over the years getting kind of more involved in growing or being around because you're being around more hemp hemp uh, projects and things because that's kind of to me I always think the future of everything like the perfect plant would be like a 15 foot at the top get you super high <laughs> and then the fibers <laughs> and then the fibers are right yeah because you always want the old you know that's, that's pretty much what we're always thinking and yeah it's just getting over that hump of them freaking out about Things over point. I mean, if they even went to one percent, I'd be stoked because yeah. there's so many. things. One gives you a light, way more. There's a huge playing yeah. field, you know. What I mean, then all of a sudden you got flavors and stuff that yeah. aren't. It's not like you're pigeonholed with these. Like, uh, these all suck anyway. No wonder. But you have more cannabinoids to play with, and you just ride that. Like, even if it was point nine, I'd say we'd, we'd be so much better off. We'd have right. Like, yeah, wow. keep it under one. Yeah, just to, to be to cool. Point We're cool. Yeah. We're cool with that. <laughs> like, I'll just take a point. Up to, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, literally, that'd be like the perfect amount. Because one tenth of a point every time that. Well, there's yeah. just like so many more things out there that I've been like, wow, that would been so nice. point six, point six four, point seven. Right. Know, those and those are like seven five, and that seems to be the area where you're like, oh, these actually yeah. taste like weed and good, and they don't, you know, it's not that they're like getting you super baked, but. The, the combo because of if the fact that they're satisfying to smoke. Yeah, then the, like, to the point where an average person wouldn't even, you know, it wouldn't bother them because they're not trying to get high anyway. They just like the. the <laughs> they can <laughs> hang out with their friends, be more. No, social. no, a friend of mine just in California wrote me and said he'd been to some place and um, found his dream bud. It's billed as Charlotte's Web, but it's a high CBD strain. 
tastes great, smoke it all day without and still work, he's thrilled. <laughs> My go. dream bud. <laughs> My dream bud. Yeah, no, not, not ours. But anyway, it's Well, cool. no, but <laughs> everybody's own. got different needs. Each, each his own. Um, but the, um, it, there's a lot of people going in that direction, too. And there's a lot of people who... But the, but in, in the perfect world, like I was saying, if you had that, like 1% or 9.9, then you could, like, grow them to the point where then all those cannabinoids would be I think you just you just have a lot more to play with and then you could start growing acres of it and not you know not have to grow them like because basically everything else that we grow here is like cannabis plants disguised in the world of hemp as a hemp plant because of the fact that it's high CBD but they grow them all like you know as big as this room right here is if you can do it and just like in lots of arms and it takes forever to harvest it and there's no machine and you're like fuck <laughs> you know what I mean it's not Still like yeah. slave labor almost at this point. It's intensive, you know. Have you been doing CBD stuff, or have you been doing industrial, or a little uh, of both? A little of both, yeah, for sure. Um, seed grain, not so much fiber. There's been a lot of interest. A lot of people are always super motivated with fiber, but logistically, it's tough. I mean, it's, yeah. come to my farm and make my fiber. Then what do I do with it? And I've got a giant fluffy pillow now that I have to yeah do something with. Yeah, so, um, but the seed, but we've seen the same thing on the seed, too, uh, just growing the grain, I mm-hmm. guess, more than the seed, is the grain, and just, it's a saturated market, you know? Right. Um, there's a lot of product out there. So, yeah, there's, so sale, there's tons so. of, tons of, yeah, that's what I heard recently, yeah. is that there's lots of um, just kind of stagnant seeds that aren't going anywhere, and huh. you know how seeds are, they don't last. They're not going to last, and you know, you're talking sprinkle and CBD into the cornflakes, but <laughs> they need to put hemp seed into everything and just start mixing it. You go to the health food store, and you get your hemp seed in a bag, or you get your yeah. oil, and you how many salads you eat, yeah. and how, many, how much yogurt or granola you put your hemp seed in. You start putting it in everything, and you still only went through a pound yeah, it's tough. Like I, I the, mean, I, you know, I literally put it in everything and yeah. we give it to my kid all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it does take forever because yeah. it's like you can only do so much. So it's starting to back up mm-hmm. in the supply chain now. And so, but it's interesting that a lot of it's, people. It's weird that nobody big on the baking side has really picked it up and decided to kind of push it harder because then, I mean, that's something where at least you'll have, you know, tens of thousands of shops that would take on the some. I mean, that would still be a drop in the bucket, really. But. There, I've, there's like one company here that does it, which is nice, but it's one. <laughs> a couple cereal companies that have had hemp seed in their granolas for ten or fifteen years, but nothing. In, yeah, but they're probably like you said, the quantity. Yeah, right. And, two and, tablespoons in a box. And then Dr. Bronner's, of course, is uh, buying a bit, but not you know. Again, it's, it's a piece yeah, of their. It's yeah. a piece of the puzzle. Seen, we've seen what about what about animal feed? That's, that's why I was see, been one of the users. That was what I was mentioning yeah. earlier. That's uh, very interesting. It would be very wonderful. And people have always kind of thought, oh, try to work ways around it. But, you know, if you have an animal that you can't eat or doesn't make a product, like horses and dogs mm-hmm. and generally, you're, that's cool. But if you have a dairy cow and you're, just, you're selling your milk, yeah, yeah. uh-oh, watch right. out. There could be THC. In and the same thing, you sell eggs, chicken eggs, like professionally, you can, I can't. It'd be wonderful. It would be wonderful for the cows, omegas. Well, I think if you warn chickens. everybody, then it's, like they, it's up to them, right? Be like, well, right, yeah, but may... if you're a professional operator and you're selling to a, a brand, a national brand, yeah. they're not going to say, no, hold, they on, won't take hold on, hold on a minute here. And mm. So it's yeah. goofy. But the specialty market, you know, a thousand true fans, you get somebody to raise, pasture-raised meat chickens and give them some hemp seed too. 
I don't know, years ago there was some video I saw about um, some chicken barbecue contest and everybody did it and the people had fed their chickens hemp seeds and they were, the, you know, big fat winners. Big fat winners. Big fat winners. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> winner, winner. Exactly. But, um, you know, some, like, I, I think the small, for well, all kinds of parts of this industry, like small, boutique. Well, I think if you were to, like, uh, sell to one dairy, to one guy who had really high quality, like, Kobe style beef guy who really wants to pamper his cows, and you'd be like, look, I'm going to sell this to you. Yeah, and then you, yeah, guys, you need no, to market cool. it that way. Market yeah. it that way. Put a big old weed leaf, psh, random on the fucking thing, <laughs> and sell that shit in Vegas for like top dollar. Where it's like, you know, not that's, only do they get massaged, we give them fucking hemp boom, every day. Yeah, no, blow smoke in their that's, face. That's, <laughs> we blow smoke in their face. You know, come on. They're very contented cows. Content cows of Vegas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do good, it. Good put, plan. Put the money down. Let's go. All right, let's, do let's go. It. We right, need a caller right now. Caller, call in now to be the first guy to invest all this money into that idea. We've got a plan. Yeah, we have. Those. We got a plan. We just need infrastructure. Yeah. No, we need cows. <laughs> we need cows that want to eat hemp. And massage and smoke. And yeah, we'll find people who want to massage cows. That's going to be the hardest, hardest part in America. I don't know. No, Boulder. We're going to go to Boulder and get a bunch of chicks. Ex fucking people who can't make. There's yeah. isn't there a failed a, yoga instructors can come and yeah come excess massage therapy grad school grads. Yes, perfect idea. See, yeah. Where's the caller? <laughs> call, <laughs> call in now. Call in now to invest. So. um so yeah, the the so I think the hemp side of the whole thing is going to finally make people realize, and that's the thing was whether the guys like you were talking about who don't even get that they're the same plant. And I tried to like that's the, the way I steer anybody who wants to get into the cannabis world. If they have, if they haven't stepped into it already, they're too late. You know what I mean? You're just way too late. You gotta like have oh, been yeah. doing this, or else you're gonna end up frustrated. Dealing with people that you just like, oh, what's wrong with these people? It's like, dude, you know, you come on, just slow down. It's like, you know, be your first day and they'd be going crazy already. You'd be like, this is, is this how it operates? It's like, yes, it's exactly how it operates. And if it doesn't, something's wrong. You know what I mean? You almost don't want it to be too too smooth. Things got to be a little bit difficult to be worth it. You know, so that's that's the key. You know, you don't want right. to be you can't just go for the easy low hanging fruit. You got to work for the fucking end goal, and then. The, but the hemp thing's wide open, you know. I mean, it's just a matter of if it's investment money, it's a matter of looking at acreage, and then the problem is it all just fucking backups right at the point where you're saying when you well, got this yeah. big pile of this and all these it's seeds, just, and you're like, all right, so where is this fucking market now? And it's like yeah, it's the same thing as you're talking with the buds being eight hundred dollars a pound, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, maybe you get a dollar less a pound from growing your hemp seed now than you used to. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you know. I mean, so. it's the first thing I said to him was hemp. I mean, it was uh, animal feed. I was like, that's what you got to do, animal feed. And he was like, you know, it's like. Well, this the feed world is everything else is so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, if people grow hemp for a novelty and not its input costs and the machinery costs to grow hemp, then, yeah, sure, grow a little field of hemp, five-acre field of hemp, and feed your Kobe cows. That's a fantastic idea. Right, but, the, but, but, but for 100 acres. Or more. Or more, they get. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, there needs to be more processing infrastructure, which won't exist until there's an end market, yeah. which won't be created yeah. until there's a supply, which won't happen until there's something to do with it. Well, and we have another really good idea, though. You know, the 15-foot plant is another great business idea. We have the high-test buds at the top, and we can do the fiber. We could make a 
Oh, I know it would work. <laughs> I mean, you, you create enough. You create enough biomass there to just turn, create a city every year if you're yeah. just turning it out. You know, because you'd be like, okay, now we can. I think the one thing that's not being utilized enough is pelletizing all the right. hemp herds mm-hmm. and then burning those and turn it like creating a little turn. You know, system where you're like, oh, we can build turbines, or we can make power, we can do that. You know, just kind of like get get the thing into more of a biomass mm-hmm. mentality because it, it is. It's big downfall as it grows too much. You know, what I mean, that's like almost like the problem. That's probably why it got squashed in '37. Is because they were like, this fucking shit is just growing like crazy. <laughs> like, we can't have this. So what about like pellets for pellet stoves? Yeah, exactly. And then in New England, there's a lot of wood-fired power plants still. There is here too, like uh, not the yeah. that gypsum factory that's in gypsum here, which is uh, completely run on pellets and. So actually, we went to them years ago in 2012 and kind of did a tour and was like, it was like one of the questions we asked the guy who was an engineer there, we're like, well, if you had a source, a local source of like hemp pellets, would you be willing to switch over to that? He's like, what, what's, you know, and, and literally hemp pellets, as usual, hemp is like fucking superior. You, know, you just throw it in the mix. You're like, well, let's try this hemp shit. And you put it, squish it up and you're like, burns hotter, burns longer. Higher BTUs, you had all better, better, cleaner. Had all beat, hit all the right fucking bells and whistles, and you're like, well, there you go. There's a whole fucking industry right there if you can, you know, turn that into that. But and and then you think seeds would add to the fucking octane or something. <laughs> I mean, those would be like the, the, the right. The fat would make it snap and burn. Yeah, better. so you could kind of like do a little blando action, you know, what I mean? stand up there and dump those things in. But there's got to be. I mean, that's the thing with hemp. You you you, you would have to. Figure out another angle because the thing is, the seed as a seed, we already know that they might, depending on their temperature and how long they're going to be in there. They and for food is even worse because for growing they'll actually last a long time, but taste and rancidness they're going to go quick. And there's a bunch of microbiological activity as mm-hmm. well, and if that's going in the food market. You're <clears throat> testing all that seed. Yeah. One thing's off, and you've got mm-hmm. fifty thousand pounds in your pen, and it's <laughs> bad test. Right. I mean, and that's what's happening here with a lot of then people. Then what with the yeah. with uh, THC? Obviously, when growing, they're like hitting. You know, if you stay in the ground too long, something's gonna go. And if you get tested too late, so you're better off to harvest early, have them come and test, and get below the number and get the fuck out, and then then actually go to final because they might you know if you go oh, good, two more weeks that just be enough to spike and then they come in and test and then you have to take the whole field down because it's <clears> too high too high do you see yeah so for hemp or for for hemp for hemp okay not for weed yeah you're over. You're, <laughs> you're over you're over you're, you're over you're done you're over you're done chop the field it's 31 <laughs> yeah. wait a second 30 percent max 30 percent max <laughs> when did they cap weed strength no, uh, they were that. trying they were trying at one point and, and crazy numbers like 15 percent you were like we're going to have to kill all the strains we have. Like everything we've worked on, we'd have to kill. And everything that we'd be down to pretty much grow in fucking 14 percenters. So much strains, I guess, at that point. Right? <laughs> tasty. <laughs> They're really tasty, though. At that point, we would be growing those 14.7 strains. So that's, that's exactly Remember at the Cannabis Cup when we did the... Fantastic. That was, the, that was a big controversy. Do you remember what year that was, Robert? 2002. Okay. <laughs> I remember, because we had it printed. It was 2002... And it was a reverse flip. Remember that? No, like, see, I was gone then. Oh, it was so over. You were, you were already gone. I think so. Oh, it could have been 99. Oh, no, 2002. Yeah, yeah. I was still in town. but 
I must have gone. Could have been 99. Couldn't have been. <laughs> Actually, now that I, I was so quick to say 2002, now I'm thinking about this piece of paper because we had it printed and we had it in the shop. 99 was my last year. That was the year that Arion and his two cousins' shops banded together. Oh, yeah, that was the Banded Together shop. That yes. was the Banded Together Oh, year. you're allowed to talk about everything on the show. This is like, there's no holds barred here. We can talk about history as it really happened because that's important. But that was the year that um, it was... What uh, were the other two shops? I can't remember. Uh, one of them's still there, I believe, and the other one... One of them had a Russian kind of name, didn't it? Yeah, that was the... Uh, oh, his the cousin. K, the K or something like that. Right? Kaczynski? <laughs> no, no, Kaczynski no. was an old one that was already yeah, there. That anyhow. Was a, <laughs> yeah, it was an yeah. old one. But... Uh, yeah, it'll it'll come to me. Yeah, I know I know where it was. And then the thing is, there was three shops. They were all interrelated, and they basically did the old zero for everybody else. That was the year that Steve that. Hager thought it'd be a really good idea to instead of importing expensive celebrity judges to let the coffee shops judge the seed company entries. Oh, that was a bad one. Yeah, I remember that. That was a really bad idea. And yeah, that was a that was one of those like no, you've let the You've let the uh, wolf... Fox can guard the hen house. <laughs> yeah, it totally was that in, in a heartbeat. And it was like, okay, that's not going to get completely and utterly fucked up, which it did. Well, no, it was pretty simple. Because the, yeah. I had the accountants certifying, counting the ballots instead of... A bunch of stoners. Dragon crew at the <laughs> hotel in the middle of the night. Right. Um, and, uh, and they went, this, this, is, this the- is not right. This is not right. These numbers don't add up. Um... This is very clear that these three people were, look, they marked each other's stuff up and everything else. To say, we won't certify your results if we include these numbers. So they got disqualified. And disqualified. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. and it was and, controversial. Ooh. Oh, my God. Well, the thing well, about... No, no, they didn't get disqualified, but their votes didn't count. Yeah. So things came out kind of more the way they should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got my ass fired. <laughs> Yeah, that was and that and then that was actually in the paper and it was real deep, but it was a real big deal. It was like one of those like it literally was American politics in Holland. You could just see how it operated and then now it's like fully exposed that this is how it all works anyway. And it was just like wow, all inside jobs and just like total like oh my god and just being and then of course scapegoat and then uh and it was like again, yeah, like I said, it got real sloppy after that, and then it was blew up even bigger, and then now it got worldwide. Gabe Kirch, no, Gabe was the drummer, but there was another. Oh, oh God, I can see that guy. They brought him oh, back. Oh no, you mean you're talking about Money Mike? No, never mind. You remember Money Mike, the guy who took over the cup and then uh, took all the money, which is na- I mean, name's Money That's Mike. He's you know he's going to take the money. That's just the way it goes. But you don't remember Money Mike? No. He was a bass player. That was that's who you're oh. thinking of. I think that's who you're thinking of. No. 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 There was some guy who was part of the rainbow thing. And <laughs> so Annie, come on, you can do it. She's gonna like, see. This is the thing. I told Annie how many years ago to tell you to write a book. I told you to write a book like I don't know, a while ago. I was like, Annie, someone's got to write the book about the whole the crazy times and the high crimes of high times in Amsterdam and something like that. Come on, you could have pulled this together. We could have had a we could have had a winner. Right now it could be coming out. We could have had a self-published book there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it was it was time I I think now people are interested because it's it's getting so corporatized already at this point, but you know, it's the same players 
now and then. I mean, we had Steve D'Angelo in the house. We had all the all the guys who became the names that everybody seems to know. You, you haven't seen the show yet. You haven't seen, you see Disjointed? It's a terrible show. Mm-mm. Okay, anyway. They do Angelo DeStevio on there. The Angelo DeStevio? They do the character called Angelo DeStevio on that show. It's like, it's ridiculous. And so the fact that people like that, that we knew from back in the day, which, like, you know, he was doing Ecolution at the time, so he had a hemp line. And, he, and actually, they were more together. Like, I thought that they were going to blow up, you know, because they definitely had the, the more, they were, because we were the kids, you know, we were just the, we were just the young kids who had the hemp store in Amsterdam. We were nothing, right? In their eyes, of course. We were nothing. <laughs> but when they got there, they realized, like, oh, shit, we're in Amsterdam, you know? And all of a sudden, it was like, so then I had Steve renting a little office in our spot when we had the, remember, we kind of took over the whole building at one point. Like we literally, yeah. like, at one point, we just kept expanding because our, sh- our, the way those houses are built in Amsterdam, like, we were, whoops, we were in one spot, and then all of a sudden, they, like, it opened up next door, and we're like, we're taking it, and we just took it, and had this weird, fo- remember that weird foyer that we had? Oh, yeah. And then we called it, that was when we were, the, well, we're now we're the Empire State Building because we're getting so big, right? <laughs> we're like, we're the Empire State Building. And we actually, I went to the Empire State Building that year, and I looked, I took photos, and it must have looked like a total terrorist because it was pre, pre-9-11, but I was there taking all pictures of it, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make the exact copy of but, the lobby. Of the lobby. So when you came in, you're all, woo. And, of course, I, I, we got kicked out way before I ever got a chance to do any of that. But it was like I kind of had it like in my mind. I was like, oh, I could do this. So I can make the desk over here. I'm going to make this and put the American flag. But you had to go up the stairs. Because our place was so scary to go into the way the original entrance that we finally had a real entrance. But then... I think we closed before we ever even got to like let anybody in that entrance. It was like that was like they 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 tricked us. They basically said you could have the whole building, and then like within three months, we were the whole building got shut down. So it was like, oh, you just gave it to me so I could pay rent on all these. You were just about to get rid of, and you're like, oh, we'll let these dumbass Americans keep buying everything because we were like, because I had Victor with me, and Victor was Mister Fucking Thousand Dollars at the time or Thousand Guilders, and he always would like throwing around. Remember the Thousand Guilder yeah. note? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were the days, right? The old thousand gilder note. Jesus. That stuff was good because, I mean, obviously, you were so paranoid when you had it with you. You didn't, uh, like, you never stopped feeling your pocket and you couldn't oh, feel it because yeah. it was so Put small. Right. In your socks. <laughs> so you'd be all worried. Pocket. It was, that's a lot of money to have on one piece of paper. It is. It was like 500 bucks at the time and it was just like, whoa, this is crazy. I mean, they have, uh, you know, and, and, but all that money was awesome. Like Gilders, the fifty was the best. The best. Number one. <laughs> the number one bill. I saved one. I got it framed in a clear glass thing so you could see the <coughs> watermark. Yeah, those were the best. And then, uh, yeah, it was just the, the the vibe changed once that money changed. It was like the totally like the town was no fun anymore. It was like instantly, and it was. Nobody had black money anymore. They didn't have any time to accumulate extra euros, and their guild, extra guilders were worth nothing. Yeah, it was it was it was a, a strange time in Amsterdam for and, sure. And everything seemed to cost in euros what it used to cost in guilders. It, overnight, yeah, yeah, it was like if you went to get a two do, two guilder soda, now it was two euros, and you're like, that's like that's like three dollars. You're like, whoa, yeah. that's like five dollars. Yeah. You're like, they didn't give a fuck. They were just yeah. like, mm, not changing. They just put like, you could see like, <laughs> yeah, right, just little. slap up the euro <laughs> sign. Yeah. You could see it was not the same. Everything else was different. That was a, it was a weird time. And it was also like, uh, 
I was out of the country on the day that it actually happened, so I was calling back to see, like, so what's going on? And they're like, oh, dude, it's ridiculous. People, I remember I was talking to Al, and he goes, like, you stand in line, and everyone's just looking at their hand, trying to figure out what the, what the, like, f- what like, the money is. What's the money? Like, oh, what am I doing with this? And they were like, you know, backing up in line, and, and, and it was like all Dutch people getting mad and not, <laughs> not, not understanding why things were costing, you know. And it was like, it was literally all the little things that got chiseled on. You couldn't, you know, they couldn't get you on your rent. They couldn't get you on, like, cars, you know, stupid, you know, big stuff. But all the little things, everybody got hammered, you know. And it was yeah. kind of like the vibe changed. And then, I mean, I went from 190 guilders, which is like about $90 a month for my apartment in the Rice Locata, to, I think I paid like 20 200 euros on the way out or something or 2,600 euros on one place and I was just like see that's literally like 40 times as much as I was like it felt like so much I was like oh my god that was like four times as much but it was uh yeah, it was crazy. It was like, uh, but that wasn't just the change of currency. That was just Amsterdam. No, it just changed. It changes yeah. the, the vibe. It just showed how the last. I mean, I was there 20 years, so uh, the first 10 years was pre uh, Euro, mm-hmm. and then the second were total Euro, and it was like, well, pretty much how it all in my head. If I think back, I'm like, yeah, it's actually when it all just kind of sucked all of a sudden because you know you had a hard, harder time. It, like, the only convenience was, I mean, for, actually, it wasn't even convenience, because the thing is, when everybody who came there, there was hustle days, you know, when everybody was hustling, and you go to the change place, and you'd just be like, nuts, dude. It'd be like changing $100,000, and fucking, you know, there'd be like, no questions asked, and then, you know, everybody who was standing in line, you'd look, and you'd be like, oh, it's like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Everyone, everybody had their little thing going on, but nobody, you know, it was just weird. It was like, you just... It was very old school Amsterdam and old, you know, and people played those dollars and euros, or there wasn't even euros, but all those different currencies and people were, you know, you were losing and gaining and in in a way it sucked, but at the same time you could be on the gaming side too, so it didn't always suck. There was times when I went in and they were so fucking just overworked that they calculated it in the wrong way and just fucking, and I just watched them go like, like, wait, oh, that's weak. That's too much. <laughs> like, thank you, and just walked away. And I was like, I think that she just fucking gave me pounds instead of dollars. Nailed it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Going back, like, eh, just I'll try it. that again in a minute. <laughs> but you know, it was just, um, you know, you could see it was like she didn't fucking wasn't paying attention. She was just like, oh, oh, he's, you know, and I'm talking in English and I'm giving her dollars, but she's thinking in pounds. I don't know. It was just, you know, one of those perfect moments in time. I was like, this is the perfect. Ah. And it was like, you know, an extra 500 bucks or something crazy. But at the time, it was definitely Handy. needed. It was needed. Amazingly, I needed that at the time. But uh, you haven't been back in a while, have you? Mm, I was there last in 2014. Okay, it's been a few. But did you see? So you've been there since about three years after I was there. And I think it was in the middle of turning into a Nutella and hamburger town is what, when I left. Everything seemed to be like a hamburger shop on every fucking thing that was trying to emulate the American burger spot. And But they all just copied each other. It was all Israeli-owned, and they all copied each other. And they were like, yes. Yeah, so, right. And my friend Diego did the interior of the original one, and then everybody kind of, It was just like the classic. Amsterdam's always like the, what's the hot trend of the, like for mushroom shops were a big hot trend for one of the... Australian chocolate. Or foo-foo chocolate shops yeah. like oh, Puccini yeah. and Puccini. Now that's a good. Now that's another story. That's that was the fire 
best chocolate in fucking Amsterdam, pretty much. And right across the street from the gray area. Lucky bastards. Yes, they were. They were lucky for that. Um, but uh, are they still there? The gray the area, gray? yes, though. Of course, it's still there. Of course, still there. Haven't painted the place. Haven't put any. You know, nothing's same. Same. Haven't washed the coffee. Haven't cups. washed the coffee cups. We know. We know all the rules. We know. They, <laughs> we know exactly what's going down there. Um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, like I said, I, I, the, the longer I've been gone, the longer I've been like, okay, well, it's, it's almost better to like let it, <laughs> let it just like get paved over the part that you think. Because I know when I go there, I'm going to be totally disappointed anyway. So I don't even want to like without the shop. Because once we closed the shop, which was three years ago, I didn't even realize it was like three years ago. I thought it was like I told somebody it was like a last year. Oh yeah, like last well, year. I was like, no. My wife's like three years ago. I was like three years ago. Holy shit, time flies. But uh, we were kind of a, a staple there. So for us, or for me at least, if I don't have a shop and I don't have a fucking mini car to drive around, then I'm not going to fucking waste any time there. Because last time I went there, my friend Rodrigue let me borrow the car that I sold to his friend, which was not the three-wheeler, unfortunately, which is gone, but it was the a four-wheel diesel thing that I had. And I literally got pulled over on the first day I was back and fucking got my things checked. And I was just like, wow, this place is really like exactly what I thought when I left. Like, oh, it's getting all kind of crazy and you got to watch out for getting pulled over. Fucking first day I was driving, they were like, well, you come in. They have these like mega checks. Remember the mega checks? Yeah. The mega checks. They sucked. They were like. They, I'm, oh, right. They'd stop you and they checked. All everything, your records, have every, you paid your electric bill? Everything. Anything and everything, it's all interconnected. So they'd be like, all right, we got the fucking tax man. We got the fucking, like, everything you wouldn't think of. It's like, you're, oh, wait, okay, taxes? Like, I'm out of the blue, there's a tax guy there checking your shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was like typical Dutch right there. But they'd be also, yeah, like you said, all your utilities are up to date and whatever bullshit. And you're just like, huh? And then on top of that, sometimes they'd go like, mirrors under the car and get all nuts you know what i mean yeah it was like there was times where i got pulled over in my little vespa car and fucking had everything from the beginning to the end in the car like soil and clones and fucking money and weed and hash (laughs) like you know like oh start thinking about all the stuff i have it's all in my little fucking bag you know and i'm like oh my god and had to like stand out in front of the like pull into the spot and then stand there and just like Wait. Just, yeah, no, totally Jedi mind trick the fucking cop, like, just talking to him about anything but anything that need to, and like, oh, where are you from? And it was like the perfect cop. He had his hat, he had his hat back, and he was like, what, the, where are you from? Because like, at first I'm like, you know, I did the classic, uh, explain the angles, you know? <laughs> and they're like, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you speak English? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, where are you from? Oh, New York. And then we just went on and talked about New York for like five minutes, and then he let me drive away, and I was like, holy shit, dude, that was like the... That literally was the, like, oh, I'm going to jail, you know, oh, well, with, like, packing my shit. I'm thinking about, oh, I got, like, knives in the car, <laughs> stupid shit that, you know, just like, yeah, I can leave a knife there just in case. And got this weed and this hash and this money and fucking clones that I was delivering to somebody and fucking soil that I was carrying for somebody. And I was just like, this is too easy, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yes, anything is going to lead yours. to something else. There's nothing that can't lead them into something, you know? So if I open the back... They're going to go, oh, clones. What else do you have? What else you got, bud? And if they look in the front, they're going to go, ah, a bunch of weed and joints and things. And, ah, you know. Amsterdam was weird like that. It was one of those, uh, even though the cops were hardcore, I think they were more hardcore for heroin and money and 
you know, human trafficking, and they were dealing with some, sh- you know, a lot of shady shit. And weed wasn't a big deal, but then it became a big deal, and then it never stopped. Sort of like they just kind of like they never were really happy with it, you know. What I mean? Yeah, right. No, they never liked it. No, there was times there like, and when I first, everybody who moves there thinks it's fucking awesome for a couple of years. Woo, it's great. Then you get busted, and then you realize this place sucks. <laughs> but uh, so, do you ever feel like going back to Europe though? Because America's getting kind of weird and crazy. I'm sure you noticed. <laughs> I'm sure you seem to notice. I've know. noticed that. But where I live in New Hampshire is such a small town that it's hardly like living in America. Right. It's peaceful. And quiet. You keep your head down. You don't talk politics with people that you don't know already. Any Trump supporters out there? A lot of them? Oh, yeah. We got plenty of them. And just like here, they all left the election signs up. Still up there. Still up still there. Like They're the, in my I, neighborhood. They're all up in my neighborhood. In, uh, creeps me south. out. It's like this... You know, loyalty oath kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, no. So there's oh. a question from the chat room. Uh-oh, Trump supporters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Murdered in uh, my bed tonight. I'm making fun of my man. Question for Adam. Does he remember ice from the Bluebird coffee shop? First strain to test at 21%. Of course. And that was the same year uh, that we had it tested. Uh, wasn't 21%, though. It must have been higher than that. And uh, they're wanting of the lineage. I think it was 31% is what it was, right? Is I, cause it, they said 21 no, right actually, the question. No, it actually, I think it was like 28 or something like that. It was really high. It was, it was like, really high. It was the highest on the list. It was ice, and then I think we were like, were Sage and Sour right under it, or is two under it, I think, or something like that. We were like in the top three or yeah. something like that. Like ours, and yeah. ours was 20. At that time, ours was only like 20, just over 20. So that was like, whoa, 28 or something crazy. But it, the thing about ice is it didn't last very long. It was maybe three or four years, and then Nirvana was selling it for a while, seed form, and that was like their best seller. I remember that was kind of their, you know, like everybody has their like Northern Light or their, you know, we had our Sage or MK or whatever that just kind of cranks out, and that was their big seller. But I think after about three or four years, it was kind of like petered out, and it didn't seem like it held, you know, kind of like White Widow. White Widow was also like... Yeah had its moment in the sun and it got a huge name, but it didn't really didn't stay around as a flavor. Like a flavor disappeared quickly. Are you aware of the lineage? Of the ice? Not really, off I had and I mean it was real rare the whole I knew how it grew and it was like a fuzzball when it was vegging. It was just kinda like the the noticeable round Q tip sort of bud shape where it wasn't pyramid at all. It was really rounded. And then it kind of filled in from there, a lot like a Northern Lights does and stuff. And it kind of filled in, instead of being like nodes going together, it kind of filled from the top down. So it was a cool plant and stayed kind of small and it was easy to clone. And it was kind of a, but it didn't seem as strong as it was. It had that kind of like, um, almost like uh, bathroom musty kind of vibe to it. It wasn't like the, it didn't taste good, but it was really, really resiny. And that resin stayed real wet. And if you made, so it always had this kind of like almost a, not without the cat piss, without the cat piss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just a cat, cat box maybe <laughs> smell or something. It was just funky in a weird way. I didn't really like it. it was, um, but it was just, it was surprising. It was like, holy shit, this plant is the strongest shit on the entire list. And it was by a long shot too. I remember it was like about a five point difference. So uh, yeah, Nirvana was my best choice at back in the day because they're the only ones that kind of, kept it going that I know from over there. Guess that's an answer. Da-da-da. 
Was he, do you remember, remember Nirvana, right? Of course. Get up to the front. Of course. Remember Buddy? He took it over in the end. You remember Buddy? I hadn't thought about it for a long time. Yeah, but you remember that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so Buddy ended up taking over that place. And, I mean, I think, I think he still does. And Mao was involved still, but that was, you know, remember Mao back in the day? Who could forget? <laughs> so we had, I mean, and that was the funny thing. is back in the day when we were selling seeds, I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, before we just kind of concentrated <clears throat> more on THCs, we were like, before we even had THCs, we were um, CIA, right? And then we had Positronics lists, and we had Sensi's list, and we had Nirvana's list, and we had Hank's list, and then we had our bubble gum at one point, and then we had a few other, and then we had Tony and, and Simon's cerebral seeds for a little while. And then, do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, and then we had, so at one point I remember being like, Sitting in my place, and I was all like, "Dude, I'm the biggest seed bank in the world," <laughs> <laughs> and nobody cared. You know, what I mean, nobody gave a shit. And then, like, but at the time, I had 135 strains on the list, and I was like, "This is." But of course, it was like the town was so small; I didn't have to have any stock. I just had to make a phone call and ride your bike over, ride my bike over, and then fucking ride back, and then get home, and, and then have someone entertain. While I frantically fucking <laughs> packed everything and pulled out my little label maker, you know what I mean? And it was just like ridiculously uh, low budge, but at the same time, it was just like the town was so small. And the weird part was is that every single one of those relationships was actually kind of hard to make because those people were all kind of like still so secretive. secretive and weird. So it was like, you know, the, the secret bike ride, and they just went, and then. Uh, yeah, it was just a it was a weird time because uh, everybody had their own thing and Casey Brains, but I didn't really work with him. And I just realized the other day somebody said this and I never knew this, but he said that every year he would come out with a new number for his birthday. Did you ever hear that? Like I remember Casey thirty six or whatever was his big strain. So maybe right. he was thirty six years old back in the day. Do you ever remember that story? No, I never heard that story. No, and then I also think I have a feeling that he's just all made up shit because I was listening to this guy and I was like, wait a minute, he thinks Casey Brains is from Brazil, and I'll tell you that guy is a hundred percent from but, a little village in Holland, and he rides a Harley, and he's drunk as fuck. Most every, of the time. Every time I ever saw him. So I'm like, that is a complete facade. But he did have a Brazil thing that he, had he a Brazilian did. Yeah. cross, exactly. So it was just funny because it was like somebody was quoting kind of like, like, yeah, Casey Brains. Quoting the PR release. Yeah, and I was like, I never, but I've never heard the whole year thing. That's like, hmm. Because I don't remember anything like coming out. No. All I remember is the same old shit. <laughs> Casey 36 and there was another one, Casey... 44 or something like that. Or. I only remember one numbered one, but... Could have been the years. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, but it, I also know that the guy only grew 12 plants in his backyard and fucking hit them all with the same mail, and that was it. It wasn't like a too much work went involved, you know? It was just kind of like... Then he got really drunk and really rowdy when he came to the show. I just remember at the Knowles thing? That was pretty funny. In the one in Harlem that he did the first year, he did his Harlem cup thing that he kind of did which turned kind of I don't know if I went to that mm, pretty sure you should have you should have went I should have went I'm <laughs> sure went. I was there it was pretty interesting because the thing about Holland was it was like Amsterdam was always a little more on point everyone kind of knew what you're talking once you got out of 
even like Harlem, like where Noel was at, like it was a good town, like a couple of good coffee shops. You ever go out there? You go out to Harlem when you were there? No. It was always just in See, everyone just came. <laughs> Nobody ever like ventures. People think Amsterdam is a country. Right. Yeah, I didn't think that. I just was overwhelmed with the language and it's it's interesting when you leave the town too. Didn't know a lot of people very well in the community, so it was just kind of whoa. Catching, I went outside a little bit, Leiden, and a couple of places. Uh-huh. I think Robin said, "Hey, go check out this," you yeah. know, and I'd go check something out. But I'd be by myself and not know anybody. Right, and it's a little scary. Yeah, so I pretty much just stuck around with folks I knew in in town when I came. So, yeah, but yeah, there you go. It's interesting. Yeah, whenever you went to these little towns. Uh, It'd be pretty interesting to see how fifty miles fucking changes everything. You know, you're like, oh wow, like this, these guy, like the number of people who speak well, they who speak, don't speak English they speak, as much. Yeah. They speak English better than we speak Dutch, but they are totally intimidated by it. And you know, uh, and like I would try to. There was one town up north that I was living in for a little while, and we were growing in this house, and it was like, just didn't want to leave the house because every time I left the house. Just automatically, if I open my mouth, anybody's like, you know, what's up? And they'd all be nervous, and then they wouldn't, you know, and it would just like instantly be like, what's going on? And I just go like straight back to the house. And it was a classic grow house, too, where we had like no furniture, a couch, a TV, and then like some beds on the ground upstairs, and that was it. And like the rest was just like whatever you brought for the weekend, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you get there, and it was like, oh man, it was just weird because you go to the little tiny grocery, grocery store there. And then it'd be like, people would be like in shock because you'd be walking in there and it'd be like, all right, this is definitely not low key at all, even though, you know, and I just moved there so I could barely, you know, and then it also was in the north of Holland, which is like not even the same language as Amsterdam. As the rest, right? Yeah, like they have their own whole dialect and it's like nobody can understand it from down south, so there's really no way to learn can't move into this town start growing weed and learn <laughs> this dialect, you know what I mean, unless you're fucking really on point and definitely wasn't me but yeah it was funny it was one of those like destined to like if i think about it now it's just like wow i would never you know because you're already out of place anyway and then you're we're in some little and then the funniest part was actually like five maybe more like 10 years later i was with al went to a heavy metal festival and i like laid down in the back of i remember like got super high and we like laid down and just like wake us up when we get there right and we wake up actually at one point they're like, hey, we're here and like we get up and I look out and I'm like holy shit dude we're in the same town that I lived in when I first moved here and I was like looking around and it was like a fest like a rock festival going on in the right behind our house was a big like a big field and they had like football course and football things set up there so they were like having a rock concert there and I was like, whoa, dude, we're like 200 feet from my old house. It was just weird. It was like, of all places, you know, I ended right. up right back in the same spot. And That's and everybody was wearing wooden shoes, right, with like flames on them and shit, because they were like, that was the cool. That's how trendy this town was. It was literally people still wore wooden shoes. And then when, because you're in the field... That's where you wear wooden shoes because it keeps you from getting wet because you're kind of up and above it. So I look around and I'm like... Dude, everyone's got custom like Slayer fucking shoes and fucking hand designs, and everybody's painted them. And I was like, "This is nuts, dude!" This it was it was actually pretty funny. It was one of those. And I like that. It was hilarious. It was like this is the ultimate Dutch experience right here. You got painted shoes, 
and then everyone was serious, like wall hardcore. And you're like, okay, you're hardcore, but you're wearing wooden shoes. It's not <laughs> something. Something's not working right there, you know. So I kind of, I miss those things, the old, the old wackiness of it all. But I think that a lot of that stuff's. Uh, I think a lot of that's gone. I remember when I first moved there. If you didn't finish your shopping by one o'clock Saturday afternoon, there was no hope of going anywhere but the really expensive night shop. The Avondacoop. The Avondacoop. That's where I always ended up anyway. Well, late, yeah. yeah, you're a late night guy, but you know, Monday afternoon the shops opened again. We haven't done that here for years. Yeah, no, no 24 hours. Now, now I'm sure it's all globalized. Right. It was tasty, actually. Uh, Checking was asking what your highest percentage on sage and sour was. That's that usually ends up in around the twenty five, twenty six range or something like that. Okay. Yeah, we got a really frosty. I think the one that we can got that one cut, that purple cut, is like twenty eight. But that's really one of those classic low yielding, high resin count plants. You know, you're like, oh, I gotta keep you around. So it's interesting because it was like one of those things I grew recently, and it was the smallest plant in the room because it got put in late. You know, resin weighs so much more than flour. So obviously, you got this little tiny plant putting out like, you know, like ah, it's gonna be nothing, and it ended up being a little over a quarter pound. But it was like tiny, you know, it was tiny, tiny, and it was just like, huh, you know, never would have thought. And then you get another plant, and you're like, oh, that's for sure a pound. And then it's like, you know, 380 grams or some bullshit, and you're like, what? Like, doesn't even make sense, you know? But uh, it does, you know, because once you get the once you realize you're growing resin. But sometimes you get those freak plants, too, that don't want to fill out at all. Yeah. It's just all inwards, <laughs> inwards work, you know. But I'm sure if you're working with land races, you found a lot of weird... That's the that's always the joy, is finding the mutants and the... That's what I always say. Yeah. And the larger field you get to work with, the more you get to see, mm-hmm. you know. That's what's I've always enjoyed, the more scientific approach of the deal of documenting them and looking for those special ones to see a field that's an acre of any type of cannabis and being able to go through and say, hey, here's a good one, here's your a whole bunch that aren't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, the first hemp field here was from uh, Ryan Laughlin. <clears throat> we were out there, we had to end up having, having to uh, like handpick it because the machinery just was like got completely gummed up right out of the gate and didn't work. And uh, it was like, it's funny because we're just standing around and everybody's uh, like, my kid's there and he's cleaning up some stuff. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk around and just see if I see. Because it was kind of a, a crappy year uh, where they, uh, the pig, pig grass that was there just kind of overtook. You could see where it came up too fast. So the herb was kind of thwarted and it was like here and there and sporadic. Mm. So I was walking around, and it took me like half an hour. And I picked out like three examples and, you know, made little notes. And like, oh, this one. And I was like, ooh, this looks, you know, I saw something. Oh, that one looks really <laughs> nice. And like, I was like, I walk over to it. And I took a piece, and I brought it back. And then I gave it to, uh, I forget who, but a guy was about to do some testing. And he's like, oh, I'll throw it in with my tests. And I'm like, cool. And then like literally a couple of days later, Ryan's like, dude, dude 
you managed to pick the one fucking hot plant, like just like. So I'm so glad you found it because it was like just definitely over the limit, and it was like yeah, because it looked good, you know. It was like the one, and I was like, and and uh, so I think if you know, especially because these things were all spread out, so it was like that thing just had its own space and it kind of did its thing, and it was like, but it was really obvious. It was like okay, that fucking thing looks it, like it's got some life to it you know what i mean and that's almost like it's pretty hard when you when you're when you have a ten thousand plant thing to find i mean what do you look for what's your what's your uh number one sort of if you're doing large scale uh stuff because there's always going to be certain things that you would axe right away because it's yeah you know it's what you know what's your agenda of course what are you breeding for what do you are you just Love the plant and like the one that the only one in the field that was purple, mm-hmm. or the one that had the pink pistols, or, mm-hmm. or you know, especially working with some hemp varieties, and then all of a sudden you see one that's just soaked in resin. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? It's still skinny and hempy, but it's just right. You know, and I've seen that a few times, and stinky even, you know, really smelling. It's like, what's going on with this one plant? <laughs> you know, kind of like you're saying, you're looking yeah. through yeah. this ocean and you find one plant. So, yeah. Um, do you, you do you ever get do you get to uh, have them sort of tested properly with uh, sort of gas chromatography or anything or um, do you have that kind of backup or are you just kind of going more in visuals and kind of look yeah at stuff and, and yeah it depends on the what we're working with at the time yeah you know? I mean, I but mean, that, so. I mean, that that's the thing that now I think it's kind of like the, the 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 good and the bad side of it all is that a lot of people have access to some pretty killer. Uh, testing equipment, right? But then that also, a lot of people are now not growing things out. They're just growing them up to a certain point, having them tested, and if it's not interesting, throw it away, right? Um, because they're really looking for like super extreme, interesting stuff, and it's it, it, that makes sense, I guess. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of like you're. I mean, obviously, if you're looking for certain like out of the gate. CBGs or or some sort of thing, and you're not finding it. That's that. But it, there's something to be said for like everything having a chance to kind of run through its course because at the end of the day, I mean, there's a kind of cornucopia of like things that happen, and it's all about timing, and it's like things just kind of keep like that's why if you harvest at six weeks, you can get away with it, but if you harvest at eight weeks, it's going to be over. And there's going to be a whole other cannabinoid profile that's going to actually be expressed. So you're like, okay, well, without doing it, it's kind of hard. You you know, you you might miss out on some other really cool anomalies that are like growth anomalies that you can't test on. You can't see that on a little seed. So I think it's kind of like the it's the uh, it's the pro life, bro. It's pro life, pro plant life. Don't kill plants, bro. No, but I, I I always had that problem as a as a breeder. That's been my like downfall, and now I'm kind of limited on the number of plants. So I'm all like, oh, this is like super hard. Yeah. Whereas before it was like it was more just limited on space or whatever, and you always ended up keeping things that were like, eh, you know, one day it's almost like find a junk. You're like, well, one day I'm going to use that, and you don't even know if you ever really are, but you just can't. And it's like. Phew. And I'll take cuts off of cuts off of cuts for years and be like, all right, I'm going to root it. The minute that thing roots, you're out the door, and then you got a new thing, and then you transplant that, and then you're like, you know, sometimes you haven't flowered it for years, but you might need it, you know, someday. And then those things, I lost a lot of those over the years, and then you're like, 
don't really need it, but you know, at the, then there's a certain moment in time where you're like, you almost can't remember it, you know, and <laughs> you're like, shit. And then if you ever get reminded, you're like, it's the worst thing ever that you lost it because you went through the, you already went through the thing, and then you realize a lot of times there's like, there's certain things that I've left to die and like think I'm, you know, ah, whatever. And then later you realize like, fuck. Especially males, I lost. That's that's the thing that kills me the most because like most of the males are really hard to keep anyway because mm-hmm. they tend to like want to pre-flower or do something stupid and you're like ah you know that's that's like the hardest thing and then you also know you can't replicate it again so it's like do you keep it or not but you just have to produce enough seed I guess then to hold on to that but. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, one of those tough things. That it's, it's a battle. It is literally, it's a literal battle. Uh, Male wise, do you uh, uh, have have anything kind of substantial CBD producing or anything on the, in your no. corrals, or are you just kind of no the, the the stuff I've been working with for over the last many years has not been CBD um, oriented at all. Uh-huh. So, now so it's interesting to. To, to look at that now because it's been such a focus on producing a grain crop, the health food product, mm-hmm. and going for uh, oil profiles of that seed and flavor profiles and stuff of that seed and what is the latitude and things like this. And now it's you know, looking at terpene profiles. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting having a love for the plant. You're just yeah. mesmerized by... Well, that's the thing. Nobody really saw this saw this coming until ten years ago, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, kind of saw it ahead of the game. Now all of a sudden it's at full steam, and you're like, all right, it's definitely um, going to get to the tipping point because it went from twenty thousand a kilo to two, you know, or now it's like four if you can find it, you know, on humongous quantities, and then everyone's under contract, and it's all like very there's. It's kind of like the hemp market is in 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 China, where you keep trying to find new angles, and you end up right back at the same fucking place. You're like, oh, all comes through these people and those people and those people, and that's it. They've got it all dialed in because actually all the factories all work together. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, okay, I see it. No, it's not. It's not like you're gonna get any. They all work. They all raise and lower the price and deciding on how much orders are done, and it's very hard to. Uh, you can't just very hard to grow your own hemp and process it right now anywhere so china, so when china does it you figure out like pretty quickly like okay it doesn't matter which angle you're working these guys got you worked <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, and it's also depending on how much is ordered every year and they just keep ramping up every year so like we talked about earlier i don't see fiber being the the focus for anybody but um i mean cbd definitely is the is the the thing that's the driver right now um but i also see that market falling pretty quickly because of over overproduction pretty fast yeah like you said china gets involved with it on a well they already do i mean they yeah. do and the thing is it's now down to the choice of the consumers so like we said earlier the ones that don't like it from the californians who claim that the colorado hemp isn't good it, they don't even see that the reality is it's not the colorado hemp it's the fucking chinese hemp that you gotta worry about more because they don't have the same regulations, and they're going to be able to pump out 
definitely more heavy. Like that, all that stuff he talked about is the Chinese problem, the heavy metals and all that things. Yeah. And those are, those yeah, are, those that are, makes so, sense. So it's, so it's almost like a confusion from. But the his, way he pointed in Colorado, it yeah. Was, yeah. Right. I was like, okay, man. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Colorado is one of those places that is kind of like, unfortunately, very contaminated when it comes to like uh, the pretty close to my fucking part of town too. Like I'm listening on the radio the other day and they're like talking about the most contaminated parts of America, you know, and it's like, oh, it's just north of my neighborhood. I'm like, that's fucking great to know. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and it's literally becoming like two, two, worth 200% more than it was last year in that neighborhood just because of people. It's like more towards I-70, so it's a few, it's like a mile away or something like that, but it's like, you know, a mile's not that far when it comes to the most contaminated place on earth. You know, you're like, okay, that sounds pretty bad, you know, or in the USA at least. Um, and it was... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's uh, one of those places where there's a few major uh, what do they call it? The super funds or whatever. They're oh, su- yeah, super fund sites. sites. Yeah. yeah, so there's like a couple of them in the state, and uh, the other one that's really really uh, bad is the uh, uh, Rocky Flats, and that's like kind of like the two places that I live since I've been here. I'm like, I live right above Rocky Flats, and now I live just south of the other one, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, uh, weird because you feel like Colorado is very, very, very natural and it's got this vibe in the water and you think everything's going to be good. But then the Rocky Flats is like kind of where they did a lot of nuclear uh, stuff. So it's like all of a sudden, and it's dusty and they kind of like built a sarcophagus and buried. You know, it's just like all this stuff about it sounds terrible. And then they, I went by the neighborhood recently because I used to live up there and I went to drop off uh, something to the old landlord and I was like as I was driving up I'm looking and I'm like holy fuck dude there's like 400 new houses right over the Rocky like built on the Rocky Flats you know what I mean and it's like wow like when I came back last time there was just the last time I left there was a new sign that they put up and it was like what is that a neighborhood now you know like oh shit that's kind of weird and I just drove back now and it's at least 200 maybe 300 houses and it's like they're off the main road but they're, you know, they, they build them in very weird here, like clustery <laughs> instead of spreading out because you got all this room. It's like very clustered up neighborhoods, and you're like, it must be a weird cell because you're like kind of like a mile from the old nuclear fucking facilities. And they're selling them to people who don't know that there was a nuclear facility there. But, but there's no way around knowing that it's like literally the most famous super fund in the cold fucking state. It's just weird. It's weird that they would actually build houses on it. Um, but kind of shows you where the the thinking here goes sometimes because sometimes you're like it's crazy where you're just like it, they have all this room in Colorado but yet they build so tight and you know you realize no one's growing in those neighborhoods you're like it's like it's you're definitely like right on top of each other's garages and right on top of each other's any other spaces and it's just like I don't it's like wow they almost remember how in Holland a lot of the places where after a while they build them to be anti grower like. The way it ventilated, like you had the a little, a little slide, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's like, you felt like you were in a prison or something, and it was just like a little slide, and that was it. There's no other way to tap in, so you'd have to get all creative and build boxes. And I had these like <clears throat> window slot boxes that I built that I just take them from place to place, and I'd always end up with like a tiniest, like they give you like a three inches by you know x amount of space. That's it. There's no other place, and I have to like every time be custom so after a while I kind of got to the oh, I think I got myself a pattern here <laughs> like I'm just going to start using the same box and I'd have to like I could tap any round holes in the bottom and I had like a, like a periscope you have to go up like that yeah. built traps in between and put like filters and 
fucking ridiculous. Holland was always like, yeah, it was the biggest struggle to build the smallest, stupidest rooms that you, like, now would, like, laugh at because it'd be maybe as big as this if you're lucky. But it'd be, like, fucking overbuilt, like, crazy because you'd have to think about neighbors and love you. And, like, you know, now you know that everyone would just know exactly what's up. Back then, people just were like... Why does my whole place vibrate every day at this certain time? And it was like, oh <laughs> shit, the pumps are on your roof. So I'd have to like suspend the pumps on bungee cords and make sure that they're sitting in the res. And you know, I'll just like always overthink everything. There was no like shortcuts. If you did, you'd get fucked every time. So you'd have to always way over engineer everything for smell and for vibration and totally different than now. Now it's like you know, carbon filters barely sell at my friend's grow shop because it's like why you know fucking, you're like, who cares yeah you're like we want to make the neighborhood fucking loud bro <laughs> like, they're all proud and you know it's like okay I guess that's, it was, especially when it comes to big grows because a lot of them are connected to the dispensary so they're it's, instead of like you know a lot of them aren't neighborhood-ish but if they are that's the only time they get in trouble but for the most part if it's like not a neighborhood and you're driving it's almost like a restaurant you want to use your nose so if you go by a place and go like, holy shit it smells good you're, you're likely to stop. You know what I mean? I, it, I think that's the kind of the, the, the only selling point. Because there's a few times where I'm like, I look at the shop and I'll be like, that's almost impossible. That shop sucks so bad, but yet that weed just smells good right there. So it's like it's confusion. Maybe the neighbors, you know, probably. It's not like, usually if there's one grow here, it's like, there's at least 10 around it, you know. It's like, just no one's really advertising. Um, What's the legal side like in uh, Indiana and places like that? Now they're they're like the last on, or yeah, I don't know. Um, my family's from Indiana, and um, they were been struggling with the CBD dilemma. But it sounds like they're passing legislative stuff now, to so Barney Five doesn't come after stores anymore. So. Sounds like they're smarting up on on that situation. But there's no like medical situation there yet. No, not yeah. It's not one of the I'm, last, one of the few. You'll be like Oklahoma. Indiana, oh, there's yeah, yeah, there's a few that just it's gonna hold out to <laughs> the, the, the very end. Yeah, I mean, do, do you, they still they still have like a, a lot of because um, uh, there's a lot of states that border it though, right? There's like. Yeah, so you, Ohio, you know, Michigan, Michigan you know, Illinois now, you know, has some stuff. So it's just popping up everywhere, yeah. and, you know, I Cause, I mean, try like, to stay like, out of that area, actually. <laughs> right, so. right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, it's, well, it's like here, too. Like, all the states that border here um, that were not, like, Kansas, it's like that, always, like, just blaming everything on Colorado. Like, ah, it's all Colorado. You know, it's like... It's actually kind of like Holland's problem always was. It was like, actually, if you just guys, like Belgium and stuff, if you guys just, like, legalize, Relax. why don't you just have a couple shops yourself, and then no one will come over here anymore. It'll be like, but that's easy, you know? And, uh, you know, never never seemed to, it like, you know, strangely enough, it didn't happen at all, you know? Only Portugal later, and they didn't even come close to, like, a coffee shop situation or anything like that. There's, like, no legal uh, way to get it, and so... But but decriminalized like you know smart a, a good a good thing but not necessarily the same avenue that the state like the states has gone nuts that's one of the reasons I moved back because I wanted to be front row at this shit show that's happening which is kind of like you know state by state it's sort of morphing into even more of a, a money drain it seems like you know like 
they've made it to the point where it's almost like impossible to make money because like we tried to go over numbers the other day and it was just like it's like 75 bucks a pound like that's the profit you know what I mean you're like that is not a lot of profit for a business you know what I mean if you only do like 30 a week or something you know or 50 a week you're like okay so 50 times 75 is not paying the, you know what I mean that's like right. and that's their wholesale kind of model ish I mean not exactly but it's just getting beat up like woof you know um, do you think there's going to be much of a future on the on that side of it all, or do you think that's going to? I mean, it's got to. It's got to. It's weird. It's like the Bitcoin or something like too, where it's like everyone thought it was going to make a lot of money, and all of a sudden it's like shit's going down now. I mean, of course, right. got to hodl right. H o g l. You know, you've seen that already, right? Hold, yeah. on, hold on for dear life, right? You know, uh, you got to. That's like the new cool thing to think about cryptocurrencies and just got to huddle, bro. <laughs> with cannabis it's almost the same like I feel like it's gotten to the point where when there's that much cheap weed then it's between certain people there's got to be like sort of like don't drop below 1300 or something to each other in some way shape or form whether it even just be in trade or something it's something so you can keep that 13 range because 13 seems like to me like the rock bottom before you're depressed like once you hit below 13 it's so depressing that it's like oh dude 900 you know and then, and that's what's happening now is a lot of 900s and 950s and then it'll be 800s and it's kind of like and just because the love factor gets like that like there'll be like 900 bucks worth of love to that <laughs> instead of three thousand dollars worth of love you know what i mean and that's how people are going to treat it because they'll be like well if you're only going to give me 900 why would i you know give it organic inputs and Right. Why wouldn't I just go synthetic and cheap and stretch it? You know, so it's hard to get like, yeah, it's a, it's a weird market where it's like it's consuming itself in a weird way, and it's also like the bigger players that come in that they that think like that. That's just for them normal business. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, we just take a loss for two or three years, pay our rent, everyone else fails, we buy them all out become the you know that's just yeah, that that's is the business. that's the classic american you know tale and that's happening every state consolidation and stuff and so uh you know it, like that's where it gets kind of like the the there'll be like maybe one or two percent of those people will do it right you know what i mean like actually have a organic farm or be really up conscious and stuff and there'll be a couple but majority like probably 90 plus percent will be like just not give a fuck and you know so it's it's sad because of the plant being super like you know we thought invincible I would, up until now I kind of up until recently it was like oh this plant you know oh you'll always be able to fall back on this thing you know what I mean and all of a sudden it's like all of our and like classically as a stoner because I mean I'm like like I've got a new plan every week because I don't I never know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, oh, really? That's happening? Okay. Well, guess we're not doing that anymore. You know, or guess that incredible, guaranteed, going to you know save the day thing did not happen. That's happened to pretty much everybody in the industry, and it should have. And if it hasn't happened to you, then you definitely haven't been doing it long enough. And that's part of the skin thickening part of this industry, where it's like, up until recently, you've been like, oh yeah, this is going to fucking forever like there'll always be cream will rise to the top I mean everyone says the same thing like we all kind of, and to the point where I said it to so many people and then all of a sudden recently when people tell me I'm like 
kind of shaking my head like, ah, it's actually not true. <laughs> just like we talked about earlier, like there's going to be a price point where people just don't care anymore. And it's like, so I feel like it's a little dangerous, but probably it's going to bounce back in the sense of, uh, I think like it'll be a bigger, uh, bigger barter system in the near future, just cause that's how stoners think we're like way more happy when we trade than when we do cash anyway a lot of times and I think it's like with a lot of things because it's getting to that point where it's not a big deal it's not like you know $800 difference or something it's like 50 to to $100 difference between whatever you're going to sell you know it's like if it's all in the thousand range or so I think that that's going to become like because a thousand bucks is still a thousand bucks but it's so hard to get a thousand bucks and be happy with it even if it's like you know even if you grow a couple hundred of them it's still like dude he started thinking back what it could have been and should have been and why how many other people are taking that and selling it at shops still for 60 bucks an eighth or whatever and you're like well, ah, you know it's like the, it's like it's like the craziest industry because there's still fucking places that are paying and there's still people you know and that's the problem is like it's like i think everybody who like gets into the system and is like all right, we got to do this and got to do this right. We can't divert. We can't do this, but it's like doesn't that because that person's not doing it. And because like that's how I always when I lived in Amsterdam too, it was always like I'm not sending seeds back and that's stupid because I'm here. I want to live here. I want to want to be legal, you know, I want to keep it all cool. And it was like but you didn't realize that everybody around you was like doing it like crazy and still is, you know what I mean? Like all right. this, and then you're like, "Oh, <laughs> and you're like kind of like the the yeah, it's 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 a funny industry because it's one of those ones where I think everybody kind of thought they had a little angle, you know, it's going to make it. And right now, again, like I told you before, seeds are really hot, but for how long, you know what I mean? And a thousand new seed companies, every fucking, there's a new seed company coming on every, online every day. And there's a million new crosses of, you know, wedding cake and gelato and this and that. And it's just because it's hot and and it's like, I don't know. So I have, I, I'm kind of hoping is that there's a little renaissance, cannabis renaissance, which will happen just because there's enough of us that are still like, it was a lot easier and simpler before when we had these, you know, basic things. And I think a lot of the old genetics that are out there because they're in seed form, we can get them all back again and just like find people who can like connect with them and be like, oh yeah, that is, that's for sure that. Just like the guy was saying with the Durban, you know? Like, yeah. If you didn't know... And you, someone keeps telling you that something that tastes like Jack is is that, and then at a certain point you think everything's like, hmm, be all confused whether this was that or that. So it's like a, yeah, it's weird. It's like a uh, closing book real soon, and we haven't we haven't quite got it figured out. So it's like better fucking figure it out. So whenever we talk about all these people that uh, travel the world and get to try all these different things, it's also a lot of interpretation too. So you know. When you realize, when you actually hang out with these people, some of these people, not really great smoke, not really the most savvy smokers, you know what I mean? Oh, I only smoke with this fucking wooden pipe, or oh, I only smoke with this fucking... You're like, oh, no, not that, you know what I mean? Oh, dude, they're stuck in the... Set. Oh, I only smoke with this prototype, you know? I was like, ugh, like you're... So, you know, a uh, bunch of authors, I mean, we've met them all, right? We've met every author, and, like, some of them just living off that one trip they did in the 70s and forever, you know what I mean? And there's other guys who really fucking put the grind in and, you know, took 10 years to write a book, got all those stories, you know, 20, you know, these, some of these guys are just so fucking, I uh, can't put it out. 
I've never put out nothing. I, I talk a book every week. So if I can, like, I guess one day I'll just write it all down. But, you know, but in general, the, uh, the, uh, we've, te- we're testing a lot of those, inf- like those books, those old, old fucking, if you look at old, Red, old Ed Rosenthal and old Cervantes and old Mel Frank books and stuff, it was like, there was a lot of, uh, never actually did it information in there like ton of it you know what i mean later on when you actually not that every one of them but a lot of it it was just like a, a guy told him once that this did, especially with ed was a lot of this that stuff where if you really read it it was like did you ever do this you know like and and so i think now we're putting a lot of this stuff to the test and then the hemp stuff we're also putting to the test and it's also weird because like jack made some big claims too so i'm like okay we'll see <laughs> let's see if this is for real you know what i mean and right now um, the, the failures are all in the distribution and the manufacturing, and those are like the two dead ends that kind of kill as far as the hemp go. And then with weed, is the competition and the the oversaturation kill. You know? So it's like we're in this uh, like it should be happening. We should have houses being built, and we should be like there should be this whole other new industries developing. And um, I, you know, I think maybe with the like graphene batteries and things like that, that it, that whole side of hemp, when people kind of go, oh, we've got a ton of hemp, we can turn that into graphene, cool, we can make how much, and it actually is cost-effective, because that's the whole thing, is you, the problem with hemp is it's usually too good, so it fucks everything up, it's like, oh man, shit's too strong, and broke all our shit, <laughs> you know, or whatever, or it just doesn't fuck, ah, you know, it's like, it's always the, the, too good of a product almost they have to like so it's weird that we can't like figure out where where it should go so hopefully we'll fix the food situation because i mean that should be there should be a lot more hemp food it seems like that's kind of lacking too where we got all the seed that's backing up we yeah. got a kind of a i mean considering all the like uh tofu products out there and soybean and other companies that could easily just like incorporate that into their program if they fucking took the time and I wouldn't take much to put into it and realize, like, oh, this actually, you know, it's not that hard, but it's weird. You don't see a lot of that stuff. It's conspiracy, man. <laughs> it's a fucking <laughs> conspiracy. No, but it is interesting to see that we're in that, like, time zone where we get to watch all these things open up in front of us and let's see if it works. And if it does, I'm stoked. And I think it will. Pretty sure. Well, as more and more states come online, there's more in the Midwestern <laughs> states in particular that are, oh, we're going to do hemp now. And they're putting more focus, I think, generally into fiber and grain production versus CBD. It's kind of like, oh, that's what they do in Colorado. Let them grow their CBD farms. Well, we got tractors here, so we're going to yeah. grow hemp. You know, so it's, yeah. I, you know, that's very being very general. But you know, um, there's been people talking. Well, we're going to put up a hemp processing plant or whatever, right? And so I've seen that dream happen time and time again. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's the exciting side. That's the part that's going to be the, the... A, it's going to be the people who make the most money in the long run because they're going to actually uh, tap into something where everybody's going to need to come to them because you, once you do things on that scale, you figure out by breaking everything, just like we're talking about, like, oh, yeah. shit, my tractor broke 10 times. I went out and bought this $5 million fucking thing from Ben Drunkers, <laughs> and it's like, like, you know, and he got it from Germany, and it's like... You know, all of a sudden, revolution. There's a steep. There's a real steep learning curve for oh, yeah. too. You know, guys up north in Canada have been doing it for ten years. They don't have a single combine problem harvesting at all. No. And the guy on the first day in North Dakota <laughs> yeah. catches it on fire. So you know, I mean, there's some experience, just like any 
growing sure. for sure. Well, a lot of times, too, it's like the machinery is designed for corn, and corn only grows to a certain thing, and then all of a sudden you can't, like, you retool and dye your actual fucking thing, so they utilize whatever they got, and then it kind of beats up the part that they wanted to use. You know, there's I've seen a kind of bunch of different yeah. headaches going along the road, and it's like the the biggest problem. I mean, remember in Switzerland when they were growing the first couple of years, and they... It was kind of wacky because it was like, did you go to Switzerland at all when you, mm-hmm. no, in those few years? Um, they were growing like fucking fire mixed up with hemp. They didn't give a shit. They were just throwing out all, I mean, they were like using it as a like sort of, but they, when it came to harvest, they treated it like it was hemp because that was part of the, the like, hey, look, you know, we're not, we're not being all like going up and cutting buds but I, as they showed this combine coming through and taking down plants, you'd be like, Dude, I would love to like clean the blades on those things because those things seem to be just cutting because they were throwing down high THC. They had no limitations at that point. They were just kind of like we're doing it, and then all of a sudden that came in, and then it, like strain wise, they all did Fanola and and all these like kind of mm-hmm. proven strains. But in the beginning, there was like I remember them coming to Amsterdam and buying seeds from everybody, and they were just throwing down hoops everywhere. And at the same time, in the hemp fields, they were just mixing it up, and they didn't give a shit. And it was like it was funny. I was watching just cutting down big old fat indicas and it was like oh my god like paddles were hitting it you know what i mean right before it went down paddle 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 and then just like sucked it up chopped off the top so i was like oh they don't give a shit but it was interesting because it was like you know when swiss do stuff they don't they don't mess around they go big you know what i mean they're they're uh even even back in the day it was like there was a time like around 94 95 when all of a sudden they were they were on and it was like everybody moved there uh, luke from paradise seeds moved there brought his whole collection there and I remember like getting a couple of requests from people for us to go out there and I went out on a visit and I was like wow they built a pollinator that's like bigger than this room that was all square sided and it just kind of rotated real slow and it's like blow next one would come down but throw a hundred pounds in it at a time and it was just like it's like you guys don't fuck around you know <laughs> like everything they did was big and it was weird because in Holland we were like doing it the longest but we were also in these tiny little hovels you know what i mean nobody hardly i mean the biggest idea was 60 lights and that was like big you know what i mean and that was at my house i mean i did a bigger operation a couple hundred lights but that was all illegal and and like totally you know under the train tracks an illegal spot and the guys were paying off to everybody and it was it's very hard to do big spots there like there was there was moments in time in the 80s when they could do greenhouses and that's obviously when everybody like did most of the work and then all of a sudden after that it was like a couple ballsy people with greenhouses and a few outdoors and then a bunch of indoors and all the indoors were, you know, a few big ones, but for the most part, a lot of like smaller because obviously making seed and stuff too. But it's weird because the, the industry, I mean, I always tell everybody, it's like, if Amsterdam didn't do it, I mean, people bag on Amsterdam now because of the fact that a lot of that shit got mixed up and stupid and whole bunch of people do fakes and bullshit. We know that because it's Amsterdam. It's fucking it's the yeah. pirate capital of the fucking world. Almost like all the pirates live there now. They're you know, but but at the same time, they actually did a disservice. They did do a service as far as creating a haven, a literal like pirate haven for all these growers and people. And when they came, they, you know, back in the day uh, uh, when Eagle Bill came and when all these people came, they were all like refugees and brought their genetics. And yeah. I mean. Uh, uh, JJ from Advanced Nutrients, he brought over his Neville's early girl, his his actual uh, silver pearl before there was silver pearl because I was working at Sensi at the time and it was like, and I remember going like, I got this thing and 
my friends brought it and they were like ah yeah you know and then later when they when Neville was got came over and took over their collection and everything it was like he's like how the fuck did you guys get like got my work before huh like he was all confused and I was like well you gave the guy in America oh you know it was like before he went down and everything but it was uh, you know people just came with their their babies you know uh, I'm, got arrested and all my shit and I managed to bring my clones and, <laughs> and that was the interesting part about it there was I was like it was the worst place in the world you could actually go if you think about it but everybody went anyway you know I was like oh let's go to the most obvious place in the world getting busted let's go to Amsterdam you know it happened on more than one occasion <laughs> and it went to the point where you'd be like you do realize that this is probably the most obvious place that you could ever be and they want to come like for the cup or something you know I just want to come hang out the cup you're like the most wanted man in the world wants to hang out in the cup you know it's like okay good idea start the mask uh, <laughs> start the new mask uh, sort of ritual but no it was uh, a lot of times uh, I mean it was also you know nowadays travel in between countries things like that it's so much different it's such a it's like riding a bus you know and you're you're already uh you know you're cattled in here and you're cattled out there and but for a lot of people amsterdam was there once a year or twice a year or three times a year fucking <laughs> five times a year I had people who came like every fucking two months they'd be back i'm back you know i'm back and I was like, okay could never get enough but nowadays it's like it's 22 to Thirty dollars a gram in the shops there. You know, what I mean, it's like a complete reverse. Like the prices have gone completely. Like it's no longer the five dollars a gram like it used to be. And people come over and be like, hundred and fifty dollars an ounce. That's crazy. You know, that'd be like to them, it's nuts. And now here in town are eighty nine dollars. You know, what I mean, so it's almost like, and there it's twenty two bucks a gram. So if you start doing that, the, the math, you're like, wait a minute, really? Holy shit! You know, for a half ounce here, there, it's uh, you know literally like uh, three ounces here or something, you know, and you're like, oh my God, it's like, that's nuts. But, uh, yeah, I think that the whole world kind of stabilizes in the next 10 years just because the weird thing about cannabis is it's always been the most fucking consistent thing in the world. Like, if you think about price-wise, like, we've had crazy prices, but we've also had a consistent run of just like like to me and my friends it's always been five bucks a gram that's always just that's just the way it's been like i was just like oh yeah you know and it's just that was when i was 16 <laughs> and, and that's now when i'm 47 it's weird it's like the same i mean it may have gone up but i never really charged my friends more than that i was always like yeah you know i'd want i'd want to pay about five bucks a gram you know and hash would be like 10 you know it was like it was like really like we weren't, <laughs> we weren't really complicated but then later when bubble hash came in and we started to add more okay now it's there's more work or there's you know but for the most part, the flower prices are probably one of the most, so as a, as a commodity in the future, it, it could be the most stable commodity in the world because it kind of stabilizes itself at a certain point. And even if we're growing, you know, $800 pounds, there's still going to be people selling in shops and nice containers and whatever and charging for, you're really just buying the container in the end. And, uh, you know, the, the product won't be the, unfortunately, the thing that guides people as much, but... Um, let's hope that the cream rises. Let's hope that all the work that we put into this plant is not in disdain and totally wasted time, but get ready for the worst, you know, uh, at the end of the day, hopefully it works for, in your favor. Um, I think we're going to tap out cause we've been on now long enough. We, 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 we always, you know, usually hit the three hour mark, but we're like, what, five minutes short, 10 minutes short, 10 minutes short. We are at uh, almost uh, 2.30 here.
Yeah, two thirty. That's a good time. That's I know. Every, for me. I know everybody's tired, and it's like I said, hit the two hour mark is always good. We like to do the three hour tour because it's like Gilligan's Island because we can sing the song three and everything. So, so we're not allowed to sing the song anymore. Sorry, 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 guys. That was the ending. No, I, I, we've never done that. But two and a half hour. Two, two and a half. <laughs> yeah, this is a whole new the, the remix. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to all our jogging about the you know, good old days and also uh, a little breeding here and there. See, we, we, we spiced it up. It was good. Had, and he would have been like less on the weed side and, and, the, and breeding. And then, you know. I'm she, more your social, cultural, anthropological type of girl. And, and she brings it back. She brings back the, uh, the memories because all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I was at her house. And see, that, that automatically, <laughs> you remember the smell of her not cooking. So there you go. You'd be like, I, yeah, I remember I, the smell of you not cooking when I was there. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, <laughs> the front living room and the yeah. Oh yeah, and then that was when you lived above Rob, or no? That was when I lived under him. Or yeah, under probably. Rob, yeah, yeah. So there was rugs involved. There was, was rugs there sitting was rugs. on a rug. <laughs> and a there was rugs involved <laughs> if you were in that building for sure. Um, yeah, those were those yeah. were fun days. And you had the back and you had the back entrance when that was a, like the little weird. Oh, with the stairs and the yep. Yep, yep. the weird stairs. Weird stairs. Yeah, and then you got to meet Sid, of course. You got to meet all the fun people. I, was, I uh, did get to meet a lot of fun people. And Sid, if you mentioned rugs to him, you're in trouble. He would have brought down three thousand rugs, and you know. That's his retirement. I know uh, his rug retirement. Well, at least it's on the top floor. <laughs> at least it's on the top floor in uh, in in Amsterdam because you would not want to be in the basement with your retirement of rugs in that town because. That was the one thing about living there is uh, if you, we've had a few uh, wake up, get to our shop in the morning and call Doug and go, Doug, you realize our entire shop is just filled with sewage from the fucking street because the whole pipe broke. You know what I mean? Like that was that kind of town. So if you have a whole bunch of rugs, you want to be on the top floor just in case it ever, you know, you have to unload onto a boat on your way out. Um, next week, we got any craziness going on, KTI? First Friday. Oh, that's true. First, first Friday. Friday. First Friday. Okay. Well, that's weird enough. Um, any guests? No. No idea. No idea on guests. Yeah, any, first Friday, yes. Well, that would be two, but he'll be late, so we can't count on him. That's 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 a, a <laughs> given. We know he'll he'll he already told me he's got to go for some sort of uh, appointment first, so that's already like a guaranteed late. Start working on some crazy guests. See, this was an awesome week because I had like you know this morning. KTI, everyone not not believing I had a show. I said, I got Annie coming, don't worry. And then, boom, check my phone and go like, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> We've got a show. <laughs> That's the way it works on the Adam Dunn Show. Planning. It's all about planning. Um, Dragonfly Earth Medicine crew was in town. I missed them. They, uh, they were here just yesterday. I tried to get them to change. I said, come on, you're so close. But they were, they were places to be. Short time, so next time. So They're awesome growers. Yeah, uh, they're, they're awesome. And they, uh, our friend here, Duke, is using their program, and his flowers are awesome, and it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, these guys, we had them on the show a few times. Their inputs are literally like, like they can, no messing around. There is no, like, possibilities of even not being like if it's even questionable it's fucking out you know what i mean that's like so i was like i was trying to hit them up with ideas of how they could be like well what if, did you we don't do that boom you know it's like nailed it so you should look into them dragonfly earth medicine and who else anybody else we need to shout out to of course my beautiful wife cc who is uh 
not taking Nick to jujitsu today because he's now he's online getting his gi figured out. He's a black one, and yeah, he's he's ready now. It's fun, it's fun to watch. Um, yeah, for next week we'll have first Friday. It's gonna be a reg reggae first Friday month. Oh yeah. Yeah, reggae. Reggae. Boop, boop, boop. So uh, see you guys next week. And yeah, give us a shout if you got something you want to see. Oh, coming up soon, though, is the uh, Dying Breed show. I think within the next two weeks. Dying Breed. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Uh, See you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensimedia, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it...